0: David David, David. 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 Hello, Dad and Sons. <laughs> Why are you, you sweating?
1: it! Hello, Dad and Sons. <laughs> Coming to you from the news.
0: Hello, Dad and Sons. This is George. How can we help?
2: Wait, wait! Is that? Is that the intro? Got to, Yes, that was it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the intro. Well, th- there, there you go.
0: That's your answer to the question. Well, what was? What's the? What's the question? I didn't it's get. It's how the can question.
2: we? It's how can we help? I, I posted posted in Discord. <laughs> wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! Because this is really funny. Because you posted the question, and it sounds like Matt completely missed it. Cause Matt's response underneath was Syrup sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was your answer I to the question like <laughs> <Kendrick Lamar. laughs> I honestly thought that was his answer as well <laughs> God fucking it.
0: Okay, I'm gonna do it now We've been at this for like five minutes <laughs> This is the intro What do you want to This is the intro, man this is <laughs> Hello, this is Dad and Sons I'm George, how can we help?
2: A, a better gag than syrup sandwiches. Uh,
0: uh, one, one better gag than than syrup sandwiches. Is that correct? Is <laughs> is your order here? It, it, I, I have to ask, sir. Are you dissatisfied with uh with with the service or the products here at Dad and Sons? Um, um, are, are you asking for a replacement? Is that
2: it? Uh, well, no, because the original thing I had was amazing.
0: Uh, uh, sorry sir, can you rep- can can- what, what was that original order?
2: The, the syrup sandwiches. Syrup
0: sandwiches. Okay, so let me- let me get this correct. You, do you- would you like <laughs> uh, another order of syrup sandwiches, sir? Or- or is it- is it another- another item on our menu of services and goods? That, that we offer here at dad and sons
2: that, actually can you can you get me some extended time on the dragon ball z fighters beta please is that okay can you do that uh,
0: extended extended time on on talking about uh video games okay you got it um uh, uh matt is is there something you you would like here <laughs> oh god i'm not gonna get tipped am i
1: <laughs> um <clears throat> i want some more anime to be honest uh uh, you guys don't talk too much about anime. oh great I want some more anime, because oh. I am a lonely man. <laughs> we got and one of those customers. You, Matt, I need some Matt, other guy. Other
2: other caller, other caller online yeah. too. Can I ask you a question?
1: Uh, <clears throat> yes.
2: As as a lonely guy, have you happened to take <laughs> up a muscular, naked, buff boys uh, Craigslist recently? Oh, <laughs>
1: about, about that. <laughs> So I didn't read the fine line there. Um there was another paragraph um that said that we're not interested in anyone who doesn't want to doesn't want to participate in oh. the the nudeness. And I well, thought so- I could just be there. I I wanted to ask I all right, so if I were to move in and participate, I was wondering how can I spruce up, you know, the, the, the decorations ball. yeah, the decorations you know should I get like a like a Easter egg um you know decorations uh, basket thing and like and an start paint thong. no, just kind of paint you know my eggs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: do you do you
0: manscape
1: or, is that a start yeah ma- manscape
0: you know you it know it sounds more like more like an egg hunt you know i i, I don't know if they'll be able to uh to, to not, find them in in, in, in the a, bushes you know
2: well it's not much of an egg hunt when there's like four dudes completely naked already there's plenty of eggs going about it looks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well you know
1: i it, i'm i'm not quite built yet so i want their attention yet.
0: somewhere else yeah yet you know yeah yeah that, yeah i know the, the, ine- those the inevitability. inevitability you know i just, just wait till the end of summer <laughs> just 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 you wait matt matt visual more like matt visually pleasing surprise oh
1: oh i like that <laughs> yeah. visually pleasing that's what I changed my name to
2: it's funny because we're only in January, but I can almost guarantee that advertisement will still be up by the summer anyway. <laughs> oh
0: no!
1: <laughs> no one wants to participate. I mean, it's Marietta. I mean, well, no, I guess I guess Mary. It's more where no, it's not. It's not Midtown. It's not Midtown. <laughs> Midtown is a little bit different. Midtown. Oh, that ad would have been
0: answered in an hour. You know <laughs> by, by someone think. totally willing, if not enthusiastic, to hang around the house naked yeah. with with with, the, with their dudes and
1: it, and it wouldn't just be in the morning and bedtime <laughs> It'll be you could have pizza
0: at supper too <laughs>
2: <laughs> So like we mentioned on the last podcast, you would definitely be do recording a couple of the episodes naked, wouldn't you?
1: Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, I have a leather chair, so hopefully I don't, like, stick to my chair.
0: Oh, oh, what? So, like, you don't care about poop particles when you're playing your Wii U in the bathroom, but when a naked dude sits on the couch, suddenly it's World War
1: III? <laughs> no, I just don't want to stick to the chair. I, I, it, that hurts. <laughs> That's painful. Oh, yeah, poop yeah, particles. yeah. You mean, like,
0: the peel, the, the peel effect? Yeah, yeah. When you're like, oh, oh
1: I know this is going to hurt. you, know, you... <laughs>
0: Yeah. It, it you kinda gotta, gotta like go slow so so you're not all like clammy and, and I say rip it you don't off have like to a scrape. Yeah. Ugh. Just,
1: <laughs> just like tip the chair over and just fall off. Let gravity do it for you.
0: You know? There's like still some some hairs <laughs> stuck on it behind that it just Whoa! like tore out.
1: The visual. Matt <laughs> <Not> visual. <laughs> God damn it.
0: So uh I've been playing a lot of a lot of switch Oh heavy. Welcome yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised the dynamics here. Uh, the the first-party Nintendo console of the now is not the first-party Nintendo game machine, or at least for me, it, like, turned into a indie game machine.
2: <laughs> Dude, why do you think it's been so successful? <laughs>
0: There's so many good ports of indie games. I, I've been playing the Stardew Valley one, and I'm surprised by how the porting method... Um, These days is is really close to the PC version like you can actually click an option in the menu that says turn off controller style menus and you're just all of a sudden floating a cursor around the screen with the analog stick that you left click and right click on stuff with.
2: I'm surprised that you say that because from what I've heard or read is that the switch port is actually pretty bad.
0: Yeah, to it's to not PC great. Version? It's real quick and dirty, and you can tell that it's real close to the PC version without a lot of Switch-specific uh, okay. changes to make. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, sound super hyper-complimentary of it so much as it was you just, like, sounded. an interesting observation. Uh, okay. uh I Well, I think it's, like... <sighs> Interesting for a sign of things to come for other indie games where this kind of control scheme might make more sense. But for Stardew Valley, it's such a point-and-click driven interface in the first place that the control style menus they made for it feel really, really awkward and off. Mm. But (laughs) (coughs) it almost basically is what would happen if you plugged a controller into your computer and started playing Stardew Valley. Like, there are menu items where there will be menus that are out of reach if they're like a weird diagonal or perpendicular compared to the menu items you already have highlighted because the like smart menu selection snapping system apparently is unable to translate your analog stick movements into the, um, into the highlighting action that you need to get done on these menus because they were built to be point and clicked on with the mouse. And I've actually had to go into the options at least once so far. And I played it for like, God, like, like 30 goddamn hours over the past, couple weeks oh. um yeah i really really got sucked into it and so far i've at least once had to turn off the controller style scheme to unlock the mouse cursor just to be able to hit something that's been floating off to a diagonal of the menu but Wait, yeah how do you use the mouse uh, touch um no it's analog stick controlled oh. you use it like a cursor oh. in a bad console port of an of, rts game is
2: it kind of slow like a typical like the playstation oh yeah cursor
0: oh yeah yeah Ugh. and the game suck. plays fine for the most part up until you have to finagle with some menus and it's unfortunate for stardew valley because there's so much menu finangling in that game in the first place that it does slow things down overall but this game managed to hook me which the pc version did not i think portability helps out a lot with that but yeah yeah
2: I, I was gonna stardew ask.
0: valley has like it has the loop it has dat loop <laughs> once you get into it you're not getting out <laughs>
2: I was going to ask because I didn't get on with the PC version at all. Like, I don't know what it was about Stardew Valley. As someone who really liked Harvest Moon, I was super excited for it. But I, I never got hooked. So I, and I have like thrown the idea about in my head of buying the Switch one because it seems like a fun game to play portable. But
0: yep, yep. It worked for me. Oh, okay. That's how uh, yeah. my story went as well. Then.
1: I didn't get into it uh, and start Stardew Valley on PC either. I, I played quite a bit of it, but I just I I didn't grab I grabbed in just like everyone else did. They're like, "Oh my god, it's the best game." And Yeah, there I, were a yeah.
0: ton of people who like really really felt that and I wasn't getting it at all until the Switch. But now like I'm hard, I'm I'm hooked. It Ooh. bit me. It has its fangs like deep inside my uh my 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 booty bush um so yeah we how truly, far did you we tru- guys
2: <laughs> we truly we're are like- the, the dad podcast we're talking about a game from 2016 <laughs> we talk about metal Gear all the time the, the,
0: the switch version came out this year i think because last the switch year. came out this year Let, oh god i also wrote a bad check first bad check of 2018 with last year's uh, number on it uh, uh, that happened to me a couple days ago. Anyways, uh, yeah. How far? Wait, you how far wrote, did you wrote guys a check. Get? <laughs> I I I did. I I wrote a check. There there was um some like imaginary floaty money that that I wrote down with a number that that just kind of like circulates through through the network of transactions mm-hmm. that that apparently supposedly is now being debited into a friend of mine's account for uh, some some. Uh, some, some work they did for me during the critical close-up. A check. check. I am capable of writing checks. hmm Now, when was the last time you wrote a, a check?
1: <laughs> Dude. Dude, I can't even remember.
2: I think I was 17. I can't 17. even remember
1: the last time I wrote a check.
2: Wait, I mean, don't you, like, have
1: houses and stuff? Yeah, but we don't write no checks. Yeah, we don't write no checks. But how do you...
2: A checks still, still <laughs> prominent in America? Is it just me? Yeah, dude. Am I the last check writer, dude?
1: When when <laughs> you, like, a, when like a you movie go to the store,
2: to
1: <laughs> when you go to the store, and someone in front of you in the grocery store pulls out a checkbook, you ah! can see you can see the face of the employee just like shrivel up like a prune. Like, oh, I'm not a monster. No. I
0: swear, oh, I'm not no. a grocery store checker. <laughs> Those are the worst. I specifically like have made that part of my moral code. I don't
2: think I don't think Japan even has checks and hasn't for like ten years. I think that they, they completely just don't exist anymore. Because they've moved but then, on. How do rich people buy each other's businesses? And well, stuff. you say that, but Japan doesn't even rich have people. debit cards. Japan they is like a only completely have cash based society. Oh, have,
0: oh, yeah, I cards, remember but... that.
2: Yeah, but it's almost like a completely cash-based society. It sucks having to take well, cash out so... all the time. Or they when, just give you a big people... bag
1: of like just
0: quarters. Yeah,
2: how did? <laughs> Here's your sack of money, sir. Here's your sack of yen.
0: Let's 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 say, um, Konami and like I don't know, Hera's Cherokee Casino want to have a merger. Do they just, like, mail over sacks
2: of yin? Just pachinko machines full you, of bills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I could see that. So, anyway, how far did you guys get in Stardew Valley? I think uh, I played, like, sixty, Maybe years? 10.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, around wow. about 10 so, to 20 hours, I think. A, a, not, not a legit
0: sh- you gave it a legit shot, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess that means it might not work if you do make the transition over to Switch, because you might have had your fill with it. Because I imagine a lot of problems you ended up having with the PC version are the same things that I'm dealing with along my way. Like, there's a lot of grinding in this game for, like, yes. something that, that's real cute and placid and likable and, and just so friendly and, and homey. It, like, <laughs> it wants very diligent routines out of you. Like, it's super duper strict with your time management. If you are off, your character will pass out in the woods in the middle of the night and wake up with a hangover. If you, like, spend enough time in the mine outside of town to, like, chip away at one block of rocks for some more, that one block will make the difference between uh, a pleasant weekend and and a, like, college freshman bender party aftermath. Uh, There's, like, a lot of hidden mechanics. And, um. like like signposting that I feel needs to be going on with characters and their lines that they speak in but they don't do it a lot like it's really hard to figure out what gifts people will like and I don't know if I've supposed if the way you're meant to be playing this game is, is by waiting for people to uh, have their birthdays come up, so you can give them their right gift, or just giving no, them an only them okay gifts. gift constantly. Yeah, every that's week. weird. Yeah, yeah. There's like I, a I, check mark. I would not do there. that naturally unless I like noticed my social efforts failing slowly over a long period of time. Yeah, you you have to give them a certain amount of gifts. Like
1: I think it's like two per week. You can kind of you can mm-hmm. check your menu and see how yep, many you've yep. given them. And the they got a checklist. There's good gifts and there's middle gifts and then there's like bad gifts that make you so go like backwards. Real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like real life Yeah, so, like, you just Some of the conversations are kind of Eh? And you just kind of lose interest, you know? Um, And I, I, I feel <laughs> I went to one of the dances And everyone denied me I was like, yep. but we had But, but well, we had, like, decent conversation Like, I gave you one fried egg Well, no, like This was, like, over a few weeks Like, I went hard for Maroon and I was like Yo, what's up, girl? Like,
0: <laughs> how you doing? I haven't been able to get any of them started.
1: Like, I, I couldn't even hand her a drink or anything. Like, yeah, no. She's like, no, no. Like, it was just such a, a difference between talking to them outside and then when you get to the dance, like, they just plain say no instead of, like, saying, like, uh, maybe next time or, or, like, some excuse. It should be, like, a degree there depending on how many times you've talked to them. But no, it's it's I, it's just one guy, right? So he can't write everything because some of the dialogue yeah. is kind of eh. But yeah,
0: it's like quick and dirty. Yeah, <laughs> some, so some characters so, got love, other characters got it done with.
2: Yeah. So basically, what I'm hearing here is both of you. Well, George hasn't quit yet, but it sounds uh, like he's on the verge. And Matt, oh quit. no, I'm,
0: I'm giving it, I'm giving it the the old college try.
2: Okay, because it both sounds like you both gave up because you both got rejected. What I'm See, I knew you all... were going to go with that
1: way. Oh my god, that's cruel.
2: <laughs> did you play much after that, Matt? Do you want to save yourself here, or is that literally I'm, I'm what got... happened?
1: I did play a couple hours after that, but I gotta say, <sighs> the heartbreak, it left a bad taste in my it. mouth that like the dialogue was just not not good. <laughs> not good. I was like, you know how, like, I grew this fruit for you. And you said, "Oh, you loved it." And then you can't even you can't even give me a dance. And it's I Like, you know how long it takes? I I I made a little patch, all right? I dug up some of the dirt, cut some of the trees, took out some of the stumps, made a little patch for them, all right? Oh, they like cauliflower? All right, I got you, boo.
0: I got you. Put some oh, did cauliflower you make sure there. that they like cauliflower though? Yeah,
1: yeah. You got to make sure, like, because you gave them one that you got from like some like harvest thing that someone gave you, and then you gave it to them. They're like, "Oh my god, I love cauliflower!" Okay, I'm gonna buy some seeds then. And then that that was the that was the end of that. <coughs> that that was the end of that. Um, and well, then like well, the, the, the the winter comes and just destroys all your stuff, and you're like, "Wow, okay."
0: Oh, I'm I'm about to get to winter.
1: That that's when it really hit me though. That's when I quit. I was just like. You know how much Shit. money I spent on all of this, and it missed it by one day, one day, and I could have made like a ton of money. I, I was so, I was so upset. I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> I'm not. I I know it's a bad reason, but it, it. I was so upset with that. I was like, you know what? Yeah, see what F what you game. actually
0: got to do is is uh, chop some wood, so you get some sap to uh craft it into fertilizer and and use that on a plot of of tilled soil that you have set up next to a (sighs) sprinkler for automated farming routines and and that will guarantee a star of quality though it's still like an rng one out of two chance of whether or not it's a gold star or a silver star which uh which determines their their gift value from uh the tiers of of medium to
2: sorry and thanks for tuning in to farmer george's hour
1: <laughs> you went robotic when you said that. It sounded. So See, funny. that's going to sound naturally
0: to the listeners, but to us, it sounded like you just turned into an evil yeah. robot lord, and it was pretty cool.
1: So it's just
0: oh, it's just like breaking. breaking. <laughs> One hour later, like a there. ghost.
2: <laughs> oh, the beauties of the internet! Oh
0: my god. Mm-hmm. So we got we got me ranting about Stardew Valley. We got Matt reaching in the bush for some Easter eggs. Uh mm-hmm. Liam, what 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 she got? What what uh what weird thing did you do over the past week that the world's got to know about?
2: Uh I pressed uh repeatedly for 6 hours on a menu to connect to a server for a beta. For a game that that I sounds finally... like
0: playing an average, normal 2010s video game.
2: Well, <laughs> well, it's certainly very similar to some mobile games. I Which
0: AAA game during launch week or earlier did you play?
2: Uh, well, I was trying to play the Dragon Ball Z beta. Which
0: I've was... heard usually good things about.
2: Yeah, so the beta went live on the 13th. Um, and then I think, I think it went live. Oh no, it went live on the Mm. 13th for people who pre-ordered it. So that was kind of a smaller number. So a lot of people got to play. Um, I was not one of those people, but then it went live on the 14th for everyone. Oh, and, uh, it got hammered. It got hammered hard and, uh, no one could connect for basically a whole day. Um, very, no, I didn't get to play at all on the first day. And this is
0: one of those betas, I'm guessing, where there's no offline mode?
2: No, it's all connected online. And the thing is, like, I, I'm kind of okay with it, because essentially a beta is to test network yeah. stress. So the whole point of it, you can't be angry about not getting to play, because essentially you're helping make sure that when the game launches... You can fucking play, whereas... <laughs>
0: that's the you know, idea, at least. The whole
2: idea of a beta is to stress test the network. That's not, see not, what not the,
0: always reliable.
2: Exactly, right? Basically, see what the maximum number is. It's a free demo. Everyone tries to play it, and then, you know, try and readjust your numbers for launch for that. So the first day, uh, I, I didn't get to play at all. I tried, you know, connecting over six hours at various times, pressing Jeez. connect and stuff. Sometimes I'd get through to choosing a server and choosing Japan. Even then, it wouldn't get through. But then, fortunately, um we're recording this on Tuesday, uh so Monday night, um I, I got back into my apartment and I was like, oh I'll give it a go now, see if I can connect. Um it failed the first time, but then the second time I got in. And I got to choose the server and I got into the the sort of like the beta was taking place in like this hub world where you could like run around as like a chibi uh, Dragon Ball character and then you would choose um, either between like there was like arena match, which I, I, I'm i not sure what the re- arena match was. It could have been like local multiplayer, but I don't think it was available. Um, you could choose world match, which was basically playing online. And you could even choose rank match in that, which was quite surprising. So some people were playing ranked and already getting like high tiers and ranked, which is kind of strange for a beta. Um, there's always then, those types. Though. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's, there's, you know, hardcore fighting game players, which is cool. Um, And then there was, like, this practice zone where you could play, like, the tutorial, like, the basic tutorial. You couldn't, like, try the combo tutorials or anything. Uh, But it basically gave you you a good breakdown of what everything is in the game. Uh, And then you could play the game. And I managed to get... I think I I got to play, like, maybe four or five hours last night um, of the beta. So I got a good, like, 30 to 40 matches in, which, you know, after a whole day of not being able to play was pretty good. And... I'm here to praise, I'm here to say the lord and savior that is arc Systems have brought us a fucking great Dragon Ball fighting game. Not just even a good Dragon Ball game, it's a good fighting game in general. It's so much fun. It's so, so much fun. I couldn't believe just how much fun I was having. Like, Let alone just how good it looks. It truly does look like the anime. There isn't really any cliche in that. It looks so mm. good. And the models yeah. are fantastic and all the little homages to the, the show and the manga and everything. And all the characters' uh, special moves like Kamehameha's and Big Bang Attack and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Piccolo's special beam cannon all look incredible and just to the letter of how they are in the show. But then when you start to play the game, um, you know, it's it's definitely different to Arc Systems fighting games. Like their typical anime fighters like BlazBlue or Guilty Gear which are like super complex, uh, stylish, uh, you know, high combo intensity uh, games. This is like in the middle ground between that. It's like definitely like Marvel versus Capcom is the only sort of fighting game I can compare it to. Um, So you you switch your assist characters in. You've got a team of three uh, you choose between the roster. And uh, you can switch them in and out all the time like you can in Marvel. And you can do very simple combos. Like it isn't a game where it requires complex inputs. It's like you can just hammer the square button, and you'll do like a, uh, it's called a super combo. And then you can do you can hammer triangle, and you'll do like a like a super hyper combo or something. And then you can just do like a variation of like square, triangle, circle, launcher, square, triangle, square, triangle. So it's very very easy inputs, and each character has um, like a variety of Hadouken inputs. So on the ground level, it's super easy to get in. And it looks super flashy, so you, it makes you feel like a million dollars when you're like fucking busting out all these f- fast, frantic Dragon Ball moves on your, your opponent and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you can easily pull off like a, like a level one super or a level three super and it's just like, it's going nuts and crazy and shit's exploding and oh, I feel so good. And then when you get a little more deep into it, you start doing, like, combos and you do, like, OTGs and you're bouncing people off the grounds and throwing fireballs at them. It just feels so damn good. And, you know, as a Dragon Ball fan.
1: Better
0: than the show? (laughs)
2: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. The games are always better than the
0: show. Wait, you think so? I thought the, like,
2: Dragon Ball
0: series of of fighters were generally regarded as good but not super excellent
2: this is like completely different. Like the Dragon Ball games have always been like a, you know, we've had Dragon Ball games that go all the way back to the Famicom and all the way through. And we've had, you know, I think the Budokai series was like when it became like the 2d fighter. Yeah. That's when it picked up over here. Popular. Uh, but then that switched to Budokai Tenkaichi, and then it became like the third, the, like the 3d third person camera. 3D zone fighting, and I
0: could never figure those out.
2: Yeah, you ever play Legends? Legends, Uh, it's
0: just called Legends.
1: Yeah, there, there was one called Legends. Um, oh, Dragon Ball Z Legends. Yeah, it was uh, you could barely see the characters, but like you had this huge open space, and you could just do the most craziest combos from like full screen, like hitting people across the map it was wild and you could barely see the characters too the
0: cameras could never keep up with those games at all yeah oh this was like an urban legend when i was (laughs) in elementary school i think i still have
1: it yeah yeah I i still have it like um i got it from like an a shop that we had in miami called multivest uh it was like a mom and pop place and they always had like some rare games ported in stuff like that and they weren't like overly expensive so we got it and we man every sunday morning saturday morning we'll just sit there and mash it, uh against each other over and over again until like it's time to go to church <laughs> like that. and then we talk about anime in the back of um, <laughs> while the pastor's preaching <laughs> yeah right that's what i remember about legends legends was fun i, I should so then yeah.
2: We we had, like, there was, like, what? The Raging Blast, um, which was not that great. And then the Xenoverse series was, like, when it had, like, a, a resurgence in popularity. I think they, those games were pretty good. I haven't played the second one, but the first one was okay. Um, but then there was this 3DS game called Extreme Batoden, which was a Dragon Ball 2D fighter with excellent pixel art that was made by Arc Systems, who are making uh, Dragon Ball Z, but, like, no one played it. It didn't sell very well, but it was so good. I remember, like, rinsing the demo for ages before the game came out. It was so much fun. Um, so there was definitely, like, the genesis of a good fighting game there, but then it's, like, Arc Systems are amazing. They make Guilty Gear, they make BlazBlue, they know how to make a good fighter, and now, like, not only have they made, like, a very good Dragon Ball game in terms of, like, if you're a fan of the show, you'll notice all the little tidbits of, like, the homages and, like, the way the animations work. Like, when Trunks does his, like, fucking nin- ninjutsu, fucking waving his arms back and forth is, like, perfect uh, in time with the show and stuff like that. Um, but they've made, like, a really good fighting game, too. Especially as someone who really likes, like, versus fighters, like Marvel versus Capcom or SNK versus Capcom. Yeah. Like, it's really good fun to be, like, fucking hammering away with Goku. Like, fire a Kamehameha, then bring Piccolo in and do special beam cannon and shit like that. It's just flashy. It's, you know, it it fucking shouts at the little boy inside of me who adores Dragon Ball. And it's a really good fighting game. And I can see myself wasting a lot of hours this year playing it. I haven't got deep into a fighting game for a long time, so I'm super excited. Do you think
0: this might be the first Dragon Ball game to get like super solid like like 8 9 out of 10s <laughs> 2 million copies sold because I, so. I I was like, going through the list here and it seems like the, the, well, well the the franchise has been like on a roller coaster there are some real lows here like I was yeah, just yeah. looking at the 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 GBA game that I played The Legacy of Goku oh, legacy was this Goku, hilariously RPG. <laughs> underwhelming RPG for a Dragon Ball game it was, game. So it bad. was it was almost like an earthbound style, top-down, four-way directional, extremely stiff movement, where I don't remember beating things up or like shooting magic energy beams at stuff at all. I, I beat it. Like
2: it, it was a, it was all right, you know. <laughs> but to, our, to, Origins on the DS, that was a pretty good one. That was a, uh, that Origins was on fun. the
0: DS. I'm gonna yeah. look up that one because like after playing one of these, like I I all of a sudden had. Much less faith than them that I did before. Other, even though the PS2 games are apparently okay, and that PS1 game that I just looked up that I hadn't even thought about in twenty years—that was like an urban legend when I was in the fifth grade—is apparently very highly regarded.
2: Yeah, it was fun. Legends. There are so many Dragon Ball games that are all like there's RPGs, there's fighters, there's you know like 3D brawlers. They're all varied and different. You know, they just have the same sort of skin on them. But like with with Dragon Ball fighters, it's not just like a good Dragon Ball game as I was saying. It's like a good fighting game. It's like a really good fighting game. Arc systems aren't they're not known for making poor quality games. They, nope. their animations and their their presentation are just like almost unrivaled in terms of like anime games and you know coming out of Japan kind of thing. But the, they know how to make good fighting games as well. And I think with this game. It's going to survive anyway because there's so many people already into it that they're going to be playing for a long time. And it's going to be at Evo this year and all that kind of thing. Um, so even if it only had like what Street Fighter V had, which is like yeah the the sort of versus mode thing basically and has like really little else, I think it would do well. But it has like this supposed like really robust story mode in it that has like a completely brand new storyline with this brand new android i think her name's android 21 or something
0: fighting Um, games need those so bad but like Like, there's so many good fighting games that just have no way for like quote-unquote normal people to play them because single-player modes get shafted
2: there's gonna be two crowds of people approaching this game it's not just a dragon ball game that has fighting in it so You know, in prior games like Xenoverse or like Raging Blast or stuff like that, you know, fighting game players weren't interested. But now I know so many people who are like in the fighting game community who have who don't really know much about Dragon Ball, but they they see like a good fighting game in it. So they're going to pick it up and they're going to play it. And then on top of that, you've got like this robust storyline and this arcade mode and all these little extras that are going to bring in the Dragon Ball fans who are then just going to pick up the game so they can play like a flashy Dragon Ball game. So they, it's got like these two crowds of people who are going to approach it. So I think it's going to be fairly popular. Um, and I, you know, from what I've played so far, I think it's it's probably going to review pretty well too.
1: I, I just hope that it's not like a Marvel vs. Capcom 3 type of situation where it's just like combos, 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 combos. You, you can't get a hit in. I hope it's more like a Street Fighter where, you know, there's a little bit skill based and not to say that those games are not skill based, but, you know, you have opportunity for lesser beings to (laughs) be able to to be able to play. You know how you play Smash Brothers and it feels like everyone's on the same playing field, even though that may not be so, obviously, but, you know, you bring four people in the mix and there's... Yeah,
2: I absolutely get what you're saying. And I think from so far from what I've played, I could be totally wrong. Um, mm. But I would definitely say it's more it's more like. Uh, I don't want it, because it's early days, so I haven't really seen like infinite combos or anything like that, but there, you can definitely tell like in the people who are playing it so far who I played online there are people who drop their combos quite easily because it's so easy to do a combo and it just ends after maybe 16 or 17 hits. Like, you'll do, like, your square triangle circle, launcher, square triangle, square, and then you'll do, like, a like a, like a a level 1 super or, like, a level 3 super. And that, that'll be it. It'll be, like, a pretty damaging combo. Health bars, because it's a versus fighter and the three characters, the health bars aren't big anyway. Um, but in terms of, like, combos that just go on forever... I haven't really seen too much of that yet, but there are ways to get out of it because it it carries on from arc system games in the past like BlazBlue or Guilty Gear where you could, you know, burst out of it. It has something called uh sparkling. I can't remember what it's called fully. I think it's literally called sparkling And you you can like hold the I think it's the R1 and R2 and you'll burst out of any combo, but you'll use your meter. And then you'll have like a, for like a short, I think it's maybe 15 seconds, you'll have like a burst of like attack power and you'll speed up as well. So it's kind of like this counter defense system and there's lots of ways you can counter attacks and in true DBZ fashion, you can like disappear and reappear behind someone who's attacking you. Um, You can use, they have like a, it's not like Marvel vs. Capcom where you could do the push deflect, but you can definitely like a almost parry by pressing like forward and X so, like, if a, like a key blast is coming towards you or something, you can deflect it out of the way. So, there's definitely more viable options of getting out of combos or recovering for them and getting away than Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Mm. But also, unlike Marvel vs. Capcom 3, there's literally a button where you super dash at your opponent and you automatically hit them. It's like so easy to just pressure opponents in that game yeah. like non-stop just relentless just like hammering that button getting in getting a combo supering them down hammering it again getting in just like constant pressure so it's definitely gonna be interesting to see if there's stuff like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 where it's gonna have like infinite combos or you know people just getting absolutely fucking rinsed
0: but we'll see <laughs> what's this what's this bit about the story mode
2: so there's a story mode that's being written for the game. I think it's in conjunction, like, Toriyama is, like, supervising it, and he supervised the character design of the main antagonist, which is, I think her name's Android 21, and she's a brand-new character just for Dragon Ball Z. And there's a whole, like, arcade story. I think there's a whole, like, basically main storyline where you play through different battles in the uh story and then it's got like completely animated cutscenes using the game engine with this new character and stuff like that so Mm. it has like a a brand new dragon ball story within the game it's not using like all the other dragon ball games prior pretty much have just used you know storylines from the manga or the anime so
1: i need another uh was it a moto combat
0: Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, story I,
1: ah, I missed that. I missed that. Story. I,
0: I was about to say that like the industry just seems to neglect how far a good story can carry fighting Injustice, games. Like, during-
2: Justice 2 did really well with it. Yeah, just and Justice just, just
0: really 2 mean. does, like, really well. During the PS2 era, when there were, like, no highly technical um, um, 2D fighting games, like, you had Mortal Kombat games and Soul Calibur still trying to carry the legacy just by the strength of their single-player modes. Yeah. And um, Street really Fighter Five fell on its face, I think, because of a lack of a good single-player mode. Yeah. And it was but I'll be really interested to
2: know... I'll be really interested to know how the final version plays out because you know it's a it's an Arc Systems game but it's you know published by Namco Bandai and they've had a hand in developing it so it's appealing a lot a little more than their usual games to a Western audience and mm-hmm. if you've played, like, Guilty Gear or BlazBlue and you've ever gone through the the uh, the story modes in those games, they're basically just text boxes and text boxes and text boxes upon text boxes upon text fucking boxes. Yeah, and like, I don't
0: think anyone likes that.
2: It's weird because Japanese Japanese players really do. And usually if you read them, really? the text is actually pretty good. And, you know, the storylines, you know, they're kind of okay and the the, the quips their characters have is fine. But it is, it's like a fighting game with text boxes. It's like a visual novel that you do fighting in between. Which is Mm -hmm. fine, if that's the way you like being told the story. But it does seem with this game, there is definitely way less of that compared to like Guilty Gear or BlazBlue. And there's a lot more animated cutscenes in this one. Um, But I don't know until the final game comes out. But I'm hoping, here's hoping. But god damn, it's so good. I want to play it now. It's really unfair.
0: It's just that, like, with the license like this, and with a super high quality team like this, and with what looks indeed like super high quality gameplay, with a borderline mainstream franchise, probably not so much as during, like, the the mid 2000s when Dragon Ball Z was really huge, but it's still a, a, like, mainstream recognized name. And if they could, like, nail single player content, like, they could have a huge system seller game on their hands.
2: I think it's going to sell a lot and especially as you said yeah if the story mode is decent like even if it's just decent and it has like an you know it has a brand new Dragon Ball storyline mm. in it that's even like remotely as interesting as Super is because I mean I'm hooked on Super as it is so they don't have to do much with those characters as long as they put all the fancy Dragon Ball effects on it it'll work so why not add more story DLC in the future or something like that so it's got potential and the roster's pretty DLC. big as is. Um, with more Whoa. DLC characters in the future, I think it'll be it'll last a long time.
0: Yeah. And I was also watching some gameplay footage in the background. When we were talking about that. I fucking love how they, like, kind of deliberately stopped the frames during the specials to make it look like an old anime where they didn't want to draw extra frames. Oh, it's <laughs> like, so uh, good. Like, yeah, the, the screen pausing uh, uh, full screen specials, like... <laughs> have a limited frame rate by design. It's real cute.
2: It's, it's there are, like, little nods into it that I don't know if they're purposeful or not, but stuff, like, where you'll do, like, a certain move and it'll cut to, like, a quick camera motion where it'll zoom in and it'll, you'll watch the animation of the attack being played out, whether it's, like, a super mm-hmm. or, like, a, a, a Kamihamiha or something like that. And it'll cut to zooming in and both players will briefly stop. But it gives you, like like, respite, it it allows you to, like, refocus. It almost gives you, like, a breather in the game. So then you, like, once both players sort of bounce back off each other and stand, it's like you're ready to fight again. I don't know whether it's on purpose to look flashy or not, but it definitely, like, makes me feel better when I'm playing it. I don't feel like I'm button mashing all over the place because I'm panicking because someone's attacking me. Whereas, like, if they attack me and the animation plays, it gives me, like, a quick, like, refocus... Which I really like actually.
0: I'm gonna post you guys a screenshot and I'm gonna try to describe it to the listeners as best I can. I've like been watching some gameplay while you've been talking and I spotted a frame in the background where during uh, one of Vegeta's full screen specials, he, um, they actually kind of just straight up, um, transformed their. Yeah, there it is. Uh, they just like straight up control T, transform tooled the size of his fist to be bigger than oh usual for just one particular frame of this animation just to make it look really freaking cool. And <laughs> and, and I just posted a, a screenshot in, in um, the chat room for... For me and Matt and Liam, but for you listeners at home, just literally watch any footage of this game and pause the video on on the middle of one of those fancy animations that that take up the whole screen and pause the gameplay for a bit. And you will spot cool things, like cool little animation techniques that, that are making it look flashier than than it could have otherwise <laughs> like if you pause these frames vegeta's fists are huge they are comically exaggerated this is this is cute
2: it's anime isn't it the yeah outstanding shit but yeah. there is one thing oh, i remember when it got announced a lot of people were like comparing shots of the manga in the anime to the to the footage we had at the time and it was almost one for one the, how the characters like move and the way they pose it's so Oh, it's it's perfect. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I just want to play it now.
0: So let's see. I'm going to scroll through my notes, see if we got any other topics. Uh, uh, so there's one last game I want to talk about before we uh, hit the break and then, and then the news and uh, a bunch of questions. But David! if you guys have, have anything else. David! If you guys have anything you want to throw in before we start, like, mashing our emotion buttons for the news section, uh, 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 throw, throw it, throw it now. Uh, Netflix, no chill, watch Master of None, uh, it's good, yeah. What's oh. Master of None, other I mean, than, like, a crippling metaphor for today's economic prospects? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really good show, um...
1: If uh man, how do I say his name? Oh, I'm going to put his name. Should
2: should we be talking about him considering the news yesterday?
1: Wait, what? Seriously, I don't want to be, oh, no! be, oh, oh, be, no! no! be that
2: guy. Oh no! Oh no! I don't want to be that guy. Oh no! The timing of that. No the one timing is saying <laughs> that. Was so let funny.
0: Let me let me highlight the celebrity in trouble in question and hit to news.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. If Anzi Ansari is that how you say his name misconduct
0: no. claim yeah yeah
2: it, it's still well. a good show but I guess don't watch it now <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Allegations of sexual information detail in a story published in a statement that his encounter was completely consensual. In a piece published Saturday, the 23-year-old photographer described a date with the comic that allegedly ended with him forcefully kissing her in his apartment and trying to have sex with her repeatedly. She told the outlet that it was painful watching Ansari accept his golden globe last week while wearing a uh, pin in support of combating sexual harassment uh i believe that i was taken advantage of i was not listened to and ignored aziz, yeah i don't I'm know sorry. i don't know what well, what did
1: you do aziz what did let's you do, see man?
0: let's let's see what we got around uh later aziz Ansari responds to misconduct claim okay okay uh yeah just saying in a statement that the encounter was by all indications completely consensual so hey how's master of none
1: It's a really good series showing, like, human emotions and what, what, like, you know, what people go through in a relationship. You know, not, like, very TV-ish relationship, but, like, real relationship. And he did a really, really good job.
2: Um, But uh, it it, it sucks that this is going on. So I think he wanted... I can't tell if this is the most meta way of segueing into our next news topic
1: yeah yeah anyways i think
0: (laughs) i i don't know i'm reading through like a piece in the new york times now about how how the uh allegation game might not be as high stakes as it was a few weeks ago but but I'll, i'll i'll get into that later as i skim this article and in the meantime, uh, what what else was Master of None about? It, no, I think I think we could I think we could move on from here. I think think uh,
1: <laughs> you know I think Aziz is already in the spotlight. Don't need to give him anymore. Oh. You know. So uh, <clears throat> what do you need? Oh,
2: what do you have, Liam? <clears throat> well, I just I just ran it about Dragon Ball for thirty minutes. I think I, I think I'm good, Mister Weedman.
0: Uh, so, I also uh, loaded up a new obscure Switch game called Never Stop Sneakin'. Uh, this is a parody game by um, a uh, studio that has hired out the voice acting talents of Aaron Hansen, aka Ego Raptor. I was uh, expecting one of the few apparently really difficult to pull off Colonel Roy Campbell impersonations. It's not quite the case. The character still is like fun, it's a uh, pixel. I almost want to say pixel art. No, it's it's an unfiltered, textured, low-poly, PS1-looking style, except with an actual Z-buffer, so you don't see everyone's polygons tremble and wave around like you do on actual 3D PS1 games. But the uh, gameplay here, even though it's set up as a Metal Gear Solid 1 parody, it's... uh, It plays more like, um... One of those uh, PC upper end of the indie market kind of head-up games um, score challenges like Speedrunners. Or um, what's another example? It's not a stealth game. It's a fast-action puzzle game. And I don't know if it's a real good one. You kind of move a character whose uh, movement speed is smoothly paced to land them on the other side of the stage during the intervals of guards turning their back that they automatically slice through and kill when you just walk up into some kind of of hitbox danger zone of the enemy. So it almost plays like Pac-Man. Like, you're running around a maze, turning around a corner, once the guard turns their back so you can eat them instead of them eating you. And it's really, really kind of a boring game. Uh... Yeah, the tactical running into things action doesn't exactly feel like like it just has enough inputs on the controller to manifest into a a, a technical action packed gratifying challenge of of skill grace and timing. It's more kind of just about sitting off to the sideline and waiting patiently until you can move your stick in one direction. Yeah, I think that's a big problem. Is that I've noticed that as I play this game, I rarely press many buttons on the controller other than the than the movement. Um,
2: Isn't it made by the same guy who did the Dust Elysian Tale? It's like a one-man team or something. Oh uh, no. Let's see. Let's
0: see. Never. Understand. Well, was good. so, you could kind of tell. I mean, the animation budget is way cheaper here compared to Dust. Dust might have been the passion project. This might have been the pay-the-bills project cuz um even though yeah even though like it is a Metal Gear Solid 1 game with some really good jokes they're also really hit or miss and like the character design for the main character just like it, it does not evoke any of uh the Metal Gear Solid heroes like like it's it's this ninja woman with with big hair who like I don't know if they wanted to have a female character they could totally make a great Raiden parody but but she, she doesn't like look or talk or like feel like a parody of snake or raiden or big boss and and the colonel sure does but the villain just also seems to like come out of left field and doesn't really fit the style and i'm i'm just wondering how much of that might have just been like quick writing to get it out the door on time and and capitalize on on this kind of humor before metal gear solid becomes forgotten or if uh it it was a more earnest attempt at humor. But like I said, it's hit or miss. There's some jokes in there. The, the main guy has a video of, of his... The main villain sends over a video of his manifesto with his demands and, and his uh, his his negotiations, whether or not he's going to launch the nuke and kidnap all the presidents. And the colonel was like, yeah, and then this goes on for four hours. It gets pretty boring. You don't need to watch the rest. And I was like, ah... There's, there's a real fun cutscene in the beginning where he, like, flips out of a plane in slow motion from several different camera angles that all just show the same pose with wow. with motion blur trails left behind as well. Like, during the first cutscene and for a few, f- few lines, it seems like it really knows the style and really has, like, a mission and inspiration behind it. And then for the rest of the 80%, it's just kind of meandering around how to... to... to make a joke that seems like it's coming out of thin air and not really referencing or or poking fun at an observational truth of the world. I don't know, that might sound more harsh than I want to be, but the game is really... uh, doesn't seem that great.
2: How many voices does Aaron do? Does he just do like the one or is he like, uh, have they sort of cheaped out in the VO and like he does like multiple characters or something?
0: I think there's just three voice actors. You got the villain, the colonel and the hero but let me let's see it looks like he had a role in cyanide and happiness there's there's a game called accounting plus um let's see never that's by
2: um, William Purr the guy who did Stanley Parable
0: Don't stop sneaking <laughs> That's a good credit
1: song from
0: makes you uh makes you feel powerful makes you uh think that you accomplished a lot when when you when you never stopped believing and made it through this adventure altogether. Oh, come on. How hard is it to Google never stop sneaking credits? Yeah, yeah. From the creator of Dust and Illusion Tale, a brand new vision of sneaking arrives. Uh, maybe I need to Google for Aaron Hansen. It's not on... It's not on Metacritic. It's not on Giant Bombs.
2: Well, if it's mm. only just come out, then I imagine it probably yeah, doesn't Yeah, still got have. some
0: time to pace those credits. Yeah, anyways. Uh... Uh this gets us so I guess the best way to look for those credits is to play the game to completion yourself and watch them scroll across the screen. Yep. That, that that's kind of what happens when a game is not that popular. So to bring us back to an earlier topic, um there's there there is some some contention, Christ. some division over the, the current Anziz story, story of the now. Uh New York Times is apparently on on, on his side. The uh the, the, the publications that originally broke the story are, are, are on her side, and there's, there's, there's arguments over how severe the allegations really were, which is a discussion that we are going to reluctantly, beautifully, train-wreckedly going to have to get into after this break. I don't think train-wreckedly is an adjective. No, no, an adverb. That's what I would be looking for. What is the adverb form of to train wreck? I'm going to ask Twitter. David. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> David Cage. Dear Twitter, what is the adverb form adverb word for to make a train wreck? <laughs> All right. Let's see what they say.
3: Something's coming up, the plumbing, poor Luigi's in a bind Giant turtles out to get him, creepy crabs are right behind Bite or fly, or shy, they're all coming out the pipes Mario, where
1: are you? It's Atari Mario Brothers with Mario from Donkey Kong, his brother Luigi, and lots of crazy creatures And it's twice the fun when two play at once, because you need all the help you can get
3: Mario, where are you? Mario Brothers, new from Atari
0: Hello, David. hello, David. Hello, David. David. hello. And, and welcome back David. to the, the 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 David and Sons Chase. podcast, David. <laughs> David. Where we're going to be talking about some um, very very juicy gossipy allegations that that have been spread out from um, concerned uh, uh, employees who feel that they have been. Uh, employed by and, and coerced by, and had to work with someone who they have gradually come to conclude is a very uh, 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 distasteful, uh, unsavory and person Steve. to be around. Now, I think it's important to keep in mind the stakes here. That this this story in particular, I'm, I believe, as I scroll through these allegations, none of them refer to anything that's that's illegal. So much as it's more about. A a workplace environment that that has been revealed to be juvenile and childish and unprofessional Uh, allegations do include um some uh uh uh, actions and words that that i'm sure many could could uh argue uh could constitute as as sexual harassment Mm. there's Mm. well i don't know if like yeah, I don't know. May might want to like rewind a bit. Let's let, let me actually just get into it and describe them uh by themselves. Here we go. Cage is also accused of lack of consideration for female colleagues and of making insistent dirty jokes, smutty remarks in the presence of his wife and inappropriate remarks about actresses in his games.
2: Uh, uh, his I, wife? I don't know,
0: like Oh, around his wife. Smutty remarks in the presence of his wife. Wow. So it sounds like, like, hands were off, but words were, like, freely thrown around. Uh in inappropriate remarks about actresses in his games you could totally believe that <laughs> have you ever played a david cage game it gets really really weirdly Sour obsessive scenes. with with exploring yeah. e- exploring uh what's what's ellen page ellen page that's her name yeah. of of like kind of exploring this collaborating actress he's working with um
2: it's weird I've just to that- be like Throwing out, I don't. It's like the hey, you can't call me racist. I've got black friends. It's just like, oh, yeah, come on,
0: yeah. Uh, that comes from some of the original French. Uh, there's a story in Eurogamer that is um, translating and summing up some claims of some French articles that have been written, basically on the information and rumors spread by insiders at Quantic Dream. Who just basically had a lot of unflattering dirt to drop about David Cage. And for anyone who knows what David Cage is, this this is fun. This is like this is vindication. (laughs) It's also not surprising. David. Uh, So starting up from the top, we have EuroGamer uh, saying that they've got (laughs) accusations revolving around the common French greeting of air kissing when two people meet uh guillaume de fondu i don't I, I highly doubt i'm pronouncing that correctly and i'm probably making a uh, laughable um, um nationalist parody of it anyways <clears throat> guillaume is uh the i believe the right hand man at quantic dreams second to david cage he is accused of making more contact with his frenchy air kisses than is considered appropriate well like rubbing uh, the cheeks together like they can feel his scrub I, <laughs> Or what's going I mean, on? Maybe here. he just likes to hover around, like, the beard zone. I don't know. Uh, there's, the there's also zone. some contention <laughs> over a public folder on the company's network drives, which are full of about 600 photoshopped images presenting Quantic Dream collaborators in sexual positions adorned with homophobic or sexist slurs, or even made up to look like Nazis. Uh, See, I
2: feel like this is the bad one. Because if you're doing it internally in your office and you're sort of... I get it photoshopping your friends in unique and compromising uh images. I mean <laughs> yeah. fair, fair enough, right? But the fact that they were doing it with like people they work have business relationships with is like, "Oh, could you be more stupid?" Yeah, could and you I really be have to wonder more stupid? like
0: if if the line gets drawn between like making some silly Photoshop in joke images about your coworkers at your company, like, uh, if you actually go to one of the original French articles, you can see a headline with some of the images across all of them. And, I don't know, by, by crass American standards, they look fine up until people start holding dildos and stuff. And that's, that's when it's like, eh, yeah, okay. Uh, you, I, I, I can, uh, easily imagine myself... Like, like giggling with the family with, with a picture of, of my face on some, like, hot, hunky guy posing in the bathroom. Don't know if it's the same as, as a hot, hunky guy holding a big dildo on a power drill.
3: Ooh.
1: The chunky mm-hmm. one looks nice, too.
0: Wow, these are really good oh, Photoshop yeah, yeah. Jobs, There's a chunky yeah. one. I was
2: literally just going to say, oh, yeah. they're actually pretty good Photoshop's.
0: Yeah. They're they're like official quantic dream produced photoshops. These are <laughs> professional quality photoshops produced by a professional company of professionals. And I think that's where the the, the gist of the story lies here. Like it's not necessarily that this is an, an illegal world-shattering scoop, so much as I think this is a request for people to be more professional and adult in general. It, uh, generally usually makes people's lives easier when when people stay on their best behavior in public. You know, it's, 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 it's a lesson a, a lot of people don't, just, uh, you know the whole don't appreciate sometimes. The whole
2: paragraph of just, like, judge me on my work is, like, the worst mm. thing he could have said. Because, let's be yeah. honest, hey. David Cage's work sucks.
0: I Well well among I, among the work that, that, that David Cage's company has officially produced does that we should be judging him by does apparently also include an alleged picture of a penis with farting testicles on on the wall at, mm. at the studio. Yeah, art, art. This this guy <laughs> got to hung out all day with Ellen Page and Willem Defoe and and broadcast his game to a screening audience at the Cannes Film Festival and uh and this is this is the professionalism and artistry and maturity of one of video gaming's current great auteurs David the emotional experience Cage is also David. alleged to be painted as a figure hard to work David. with David. he's apparently ironically nicknamed Papa God <laughs> And Sun King, (laughs) for his autocratic approach to working, for demanding long hours, and for not listening to others. Uh, Others have apparently uh, uh, witnessed accused homophobic or racist jokes. One such incident involving a burglary they caught on the security cameras. After watching, Cage allegedly asked an employee of Tanusian origin, Is that a cousin? Oh, wait. hello i'm david cage i made the bad game Wee wee, ha ha is that a cousin of yours <laughs> for uh for for <laughs> our listeners who are unaware um, um tunis is a uh small uh northern northern african comp- country of uh of oh it's it's tunisia and i oh, thought it was tunis Tunisia is where that guy was from, so that's, that's uh, making the assumption that all Tunisians are going to be robbing David Cage's offices, which is not a cool assumption to be making in public in front of people who are Tunisians and or concerned about the plight of, of, of the North African. Whoa. Probably might be concerned about everyone's plight and don't make fun of it when you're at work on the clock or, or there are microphones running. Wow. Anyways, so
1: he does this around his wife. Like, is his wife one of them? Uh, like, she's either one of the people who calls him like, you know, Papa Cage when he comes home, or when uh. he comes home, he's she's like, David, what have you done, David? What have you done? You know, <laughs> she's David. pressing
2: the X button. She's pressing the X button over and over again. <coughs> David, David, <laughs> David, <laughs> David, what have you done, David?
1: <laughs> I wonder if he just has like a big, the big picture of an X button, just PlayStation X button over his head. Like
2: just slap del- it whenever David he- does
0: something weird.
2: I wonder if when he's answering conversations, he deliberately has like a PlayStation like face buttons in his head and each one corresponds to either a racist or a homophobic comment in his head, and he sits and there he has, and like, deliberates a which one. button to press.
0: Yeah. Well, how, how could they be racist or, um, homophobic? Uh, uh, you want to talk about homophobia? He said. I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the USA. You know, I think you guys are being a little harsh. If you want to judge David Cage, don't judge him by these unfounded allegations leaked shadily to the press. Instead... Let's quote him quote quote it, the man himself judge me by my w- <clears throat> excuse me wee <clears> wee <throat> oui, oui, hon hon i am david cage i made the bad game <clears throat> judge me by my work please So let's judge David Cage by his work. Amazing. Uh, Work that includes an episodic five-part game that got rushed out into a one-part game when the final script was not ready. Uh, After compressing the last two episodes into one, the final act of Indigo Prophecy is a hilarious, borderline plagiarized train wreck of a script that has, spoiler alert, our main character who woke up in a bathroom killing someone out of a trance where he had no control over Himself, which is a fun, spooky murder mystery to solve. He ends up turning into a like magical time traveling <laughs> Dragon Ball Z warrior who fights off against a trans dimensional Aztec shaman demigod who has been fighting a 2,000 year old secret war against AI cyber aliens who have taken over planet Earth and caused it to snow all the time. So you go have like zombie ice dick sex with the police woman who is chasing after your murder mystery before you go fight off against. Against the, uh, against the like, trans-dimensional cloud vortex creature that controls the alien AIs after having a Dragon Ball Z kung fu battle in midair against the, the magical Aztec shaman guy who's like wearing a Jedi cloak for some reason. I think right, it was cool. Right, we, I thought it was cool. If right. we want to judge David Cage by his work, we have Omicron, which uh, like like turn of the millennium, um, um, late 90s, proto-GTA, huge open sandbox jankiness, when, when all that was still a very brave, interesting genre to be exploring. And, and as as the game goes on, it becomes this, this predictably awful train wreck where a puzzle solution involves fucking over the life and killing a weird alien herder dude who's just, like, there doing nothing wrong. So spoiler alert for an old David Cage game no one's ever going to play again. The final plot twist involves a David Bowie transdimensional AI cyber ghost eating people's souls by making bad video games for them to play through.
1: I can't wait to play Detroit. I'm I'm going to
0: Spoiler alert uh, for for judging David Cage's quality of his work on Beyond Two Souls, which uh th- again involves like like a late game plot twist that just like clearly got rushed out and thought out straight out of left field when the dog ate the end of his script. Uh, uh, this game gets like really, really weird with just how far through the mud he is dragging his 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 sexy girlfriend characters. So like <laughs> Ellen Page apparently had one of those familiar David Cage almost rape scenes, which he keeps putting in these games where he plays girls getting chased after scary men with ski masks on through their house. Apparently there's there was like rape scene dialogue recorded by Ellen Page not included in the game there was a a fully visible anatomically correct nude model of her made for the game included in the game discovered a few months after the game's release that then almost started a lawsuit against the company like David Cage is pulling the Ellen Page card for his defense but I'm pretty sure they're not on good terms right now
1: yep
2: yeah is that maybe why Detroit doesn't have any famous actors in it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you guys have seen that picture of them all at, like, a, a panel interview, right? Where Ellen and, <laughs> and Willem look absolutely positively miserable, and Cage just looks like he's having the time of his life, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Defoe,
0: ne- Neymor, Ellen, Page, Stage. <laughs> uh, Defoe, let's see, David, Cage... There we go. Listeners at home, I'm gonna I'm gonna humbly ask you to type in your Google image search bar, Defoe Ellen Page Stage David Cage. That'll bring <laughs> to you the image in which David Cage is just like air-kissing the air in front of him while <laughs> while Ellen Page looks off to the side of the camera like like she's in an evanescence music video, and Willem Defoe looks like Max Payne 1. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> you- <laughs> Well, he looks like is he's like, like dodging stare. into a room full of gangsters in slow motion, ready to ready to go. The glass over
1: eyes,
2: over the <laughs>
0: yeah, and the little puckered lips of David Cage. He's literally <laughs> <slowly laughs> doing the like air yeah. kissing gesture. <laughs> oh, the puckered lips. <laughs> Defy David- Ellen Page, stage David Cage. That's
2: what you gotta search for.
0: This would be experience experience you can't get anywhere else. You, know, you guys remember when the the PS2's uh, proprietary facial animation engine, I believe that's what the tool was, was called the emotion engine. Ooh. Yeah, there's like a lot of uh of emotions corrosing g- g- through our veins here on the uh, the Dad and Sons podcast, which which I believe some listeners might have felt very strongly when seeing this week's Nintendo Direct. We got a lot of uh new announcements most of which flew over my head until liam brought them up again um because i i unfortunately did not watch the direct i guess i was busy playing stardew valley um if if you know about the nintendo direct then you know that they are re-releasing the world ends with you which is ironic i just now got a copy of the original ds game From a friend, no less. Uh, They're doing Switch re-releases of Pocken Tournament, Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders is getting released on the Switch. So is DK Tropical Freeze. So in addition to um, seeing ports of Nintendo's portable library go over, which is something people have been looking forward to, we're also seeing ports of Nintendo's uh, Wii U library getting ported over with um, that Tropical Freeze, which is something people have been looking forward to. But also Dragon Quest Builders is just a damn good 8th-gen uh, like lifestyle customization crafting game that would work perfect, beautifully on the Switch. And I just now got a copy of that on PS4. Have been meaning to try it out, but I almost wish that I had waited now, because that game would probably work way better on the Switch than it would on the PS4, which I got it for. Uh, let's see, but the big news. Unless... You guys want to dwell on any of those announcements? Uh, uh, the world ends with ends with you is a good game. Is it? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Very,
0: very good marks.
1: Liam knows good games.
0: I'm about to start playing the DS version. I'm excited. I I really like comfy JRPGs, but like complicated pandery JRPGs feel like the worst to me. But I have I have faith that that reviewers like pick the comfy, cute ones. Anyways, uh, uh, there's a Kirby game, Kirby Star Allies. Kirby's, Kirby's that looks
2: that looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, Kirby's usually good, good, clean, simple fun. I, I haven't played any of the new ones, so
2: I don't know. They're uh, the the robot one on 3ds was really really good fun. It was easy. What was, but It was good fun.
0: What was the the woolly looking one? Uh, it it had a woolly world. Epic yarn. Epic yarn mm. is. The cutest goddamn bullshit ever. I, I loved Epic Yarn for, like, <laughs> the two days I played it when I did. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you know so you want to get to it, George.
1: Just, just let it loose. It's,
0: it's it's so ridiculously easy, it's true, but uh, it's just so so cute and fuzzy, and you can, like, feel the textures with your eyeball faces. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey DLC is <laughs> getting detailed. Uh, you can play at, not as Luigi, but with Luigi, For a few extra missions they're going to be releasing later, Mario's brother will open up access to a competitive Balloon World mode where you can work to as... You work to asychroneously hide balloons for other players to find or search for balloons hidden by other players. Much like a a friendly um, um, downtown condo easter egg hiding contest where you gotta roll up your sleeves and stick your hands in some bushes to... Mm. ah, I love fluids. Um SNK is making another fighting game. They're they're doing SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy. If you were looking forward to to seeing King of fighter girls fight each other, uh it kind of looks bad. I don't know. They they're doing the KOF 2014 or was it just KOF 14? George, just just say it. Yeah, Just say it, George just just do no my no bye just just go where, ahead. where is she just, oh no no mys there mys there you know i'm thinking about doing a, a my shiranae cross play for next year's Magfest. like like buffing up for a year liam just just was... like making sure that that everything's where i want it to be
2: it's just the image i had in my head just george with like these chun Li esque thighs <laughs> like, I'm more
1: I'm more into the front. How are you gonna do the front, George? How are you do you ups. Set ups?
0: Yeah, George. Yeah. I also got my friend um Thomas Trong. He can he knows all the tricks. He he knows how to turn a cute boy into a cute girl. Oh. Oh. But but I don't know. I don't I don't want I don't know if I wanna go with the like mm. legit crossplay. Like, do I want to become an attractive a uh, uh, female looking person or do i want to like buff up and and do the like hairy novelty male as as a sexy fan service character cosplay Georgia where Wheaton. i just like like have the hair coming out <laughs> or or do i want to go like the Thomas Trong route and have like like the silicone chest that like looks fine or or am I gonna want to like shave everything and slim down, or do I want to hair up and and like build mass? Well,
1: definitely slim, er- uh, shave everything. Definitely.
0: Oh, you think so? Definitely you you
1: think that's that's and the, the look I'd, I'd do, do, do for cosplay? Yeah. If if you're gonna do a girl, you got got to shave everything because guys are just hmm. way more hairier
0: than girls. Well, well, yeah, but that that can be the point. That can be like a joke for for a lot of cross. Like I, I'm sure we've all seen like those those lumberjack Misties. I mean, do you want to be Georgia or do you still want to be George? Not just a George. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just for, just for Magfest. Oh, all right. I'll go. with I mean, Georgia. I think I think Georgia. I Wheaton. think my two options are are either going to be Naked Snake or um Ooh. or or My Shiranui, Shir- Shiranui. I
2: think Leon, we how this, how we, we should put this to a Twitter vote. To be fair,
0: I, I, Twitter vote. Okay. Throw Naked Raiden in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do writing. I don't like writing. Uh, like,
1: that's an easy George costume. Like
2: cartwheeling around. That would that's, be great.
0: It's an easy costume, man.
1: All you need is your okay. hands to, you know, be held there and you're good to go.
2: Please send your cosplay suggestions for George to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you could potentially do a David Cage and Photoshop his face, that would be even better.
1: Now, how many hands do you need, George? That's the question. If you could do a one hand, then you'll still be able to, you know, shake people's hands. You know, say, oh, hey, I like your writing cosplay.
0: Um, I just want to make sure they don't shake hands like the president does. Oh, sorry. I was talking about the video game, not real life. Remember when, <laughs> yeah. when President Johnson goes for the Johnson? <laughs> right. The <laughs> um, Metal Gear Solid I mean, too? very... it's kind of like donald trump right i mean he's
1: it's the same person basically right president in the game grab him by the i don't
0: know i feel like president johnson had much less power than president trump like he was just controlled by the patriots the thing with president trump is that we're constantly finding out that like there really is no conspiracy it really is just dumb rich people who have like just as, as as nothing of an idea as the rest of us. They're just rich, so they have power. That's, anyways. Well, um, well, well the president grabs right in by the balls. Uh, yeah, yeah. President Johnson goes for the Johnson. 20, 2015. <laughs> Vote for me or don't. It doesn't matter because the patriots. It's
1: a, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good, solid joke. It's a... Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so let's see, how, how should I, how should I pose this Twitter, uh, poll that I'm posting out here? Um, Dark Souls gonna...
1: remastered, May twenty five. Dark 25. Souls has been
0: remastered. Jesus Christ, it, it's George. It's gonna happen. There's, there's gonna be a re-release of Dark Souls. I don't know if we should get super excited to expect rebuilt levels. There's a few aspects of Dark Souls that could certainly use more of a remake than a remaster or re-release attempt, I feel, and I feel like, this uh... Is-
2: this is the thing, it's like people are expecting like shit. Okay, so the Wii U can now harness the power of a game like Dark Souls. But does that mean we'll get the same old Blight Town or Sens Fortress?
0: I'm hoping did Sens Fortress have frame rate issues? Because I just played it on PC. Which could still use a remake.
2: I think it's oh, it a all... It had quite, uh, if I remember correctly, it had a little, but, you know, Town was awful. But, you know, if we can just have the same Dark Souls, but with, like, fixed frame rates for, like, the areas that need it, I mean, what else do we need? Like, truly, you've got Dark Souls on the Switch. It's like, holy shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I would replay it on the Switch I, I would replay it on the Switch it's just a, a I think uh, accepted truth that a remake style re remake a Resident Evil remake style remake of Dark Souls 1 is sorely would be incredibly appreciated I don't want to say it's sorely needed maybe give it a few years and it'll be sorely needed but I don't see Dark Souls 1 aging that gracefully when stuff like Bloodborne is out um dark Souls one has that issue with the cemetery that we were mentioning earlier. There's uh, lost isolith, which was very very clearly not completed by a very early level designer on the staff um not completed quote unquote it was it, it did not live up to its intended potential and I've also I mean, I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't know how much better this method of storytelling could be done. But I also think there are better ways to get the storytelling across. Like, just like in Bloodborne, a brief 30-minute cutscene at the middle of the game in Dark Souls 1. Um, let's say after you... uh I, I I feel like some more exposition could have been used around the midpoint when Guinevere is explaining how how you gotta go fill up the Lord vessel and whatnot. And the whole while I'm just like, wait, what's the Lord vessel? Bloodborne, on the other hand, was a lot easier to read into for reasons. Uh, I I'm wondering if I could like pinpoint a few of those. I know there's that damn good 30 second cutscene at the midpoint that just spells things out with camera work, but uh, you also. I think, had had a little more of a cohesion of how the bosses relate to to the story and what's going on. Like, Father Gascoigne has a, a child in a window who gives some backstory on Father Gascoigne. A lot of uh, the bosses in Dark Souls 1 have that layer of nuance to it, but it, they're much, much thick, thicker-hitted. And, yeah. and I'd, uh, there, I'd like to see...
2: More, there was definitely more easily reachable lore in Bloodborne than there was... Uh, the obscure putting together item text boxes, like uh, having to watch like 50 Vate video Ep- episodes uh, on Dark Souls lore.
0: Uh, I would love to see a remake of that game with a remade Lost Isolith, a remade Firelink Hub to also speed things up when you're running back and forth to your stops at Firelink all the damn time. And, uh, I feel like I feel like there's some rooms inside of Anne Orlando that could use a lot more of of a remake level of attention and detail. Specifically, the bedrooms that belong to the bosses, because that's where it happens. Like that's where you find out a lot of boss sub stories. But it's it's like you expecting to be reading into the placement of people's beds next to their portrait on the wall. Uh, and in Bloodborne that would be like a little character actually saying dialogue with words and yeah I, I, I mean I'm looking forward to it
2: I mean I'm gonna buy it again <laughs> I mean, it's reminding
0: like me it was... that I'm also looking forward to the day of a real remake
2: uh, do we what do you just mean graphically is that it like you could just get like HD texture packs. Yep. PCs they're saying
0: it's a remaster. They're they're clarifying. They're trying to be careful to clarify that it is a remaster, which is why I do want to be like going into this topic without that much hype and excitement is it is basically going to be a a Dark Souls 1, maybe a Scholar of the First Sin style re-release of it at that. But they have clarified through a very like wonky quote that got bad translation and even bad reposting elsewhere that it has no new dark souls 3 assets which i don't necessarily know if that means that they are um plugging it into the dark souls 3 engine and re-releasing it on that after polishing up whatever whatever process is not automated there or if they are just straight up re-releasing the original game on its original engine with some original Assets that just get tweaked for the remaster. You, I do you think we'll find out over a few months
1: the way to see You know where to go when she get dropped off by the big bird
0: from Yeah, that's why I would have looked forward to a redesigned Firelink, something to funnel new players towards the berg instead of the cemetery
1: so you know it won't be like you know turn around and then go to the left and then go up a hill to the
0: side uh, being it's kind of obscured by, by visibility yeah yeah, yeah. like if, if you look at that cliff it looks like a sheer drop there is a path to the left of that cliff but a lot of times in, in life when people look at cliffs they don't see what is under or around them because i mean you, you could like sprint at a cliff and then just easily roll down because there was something down there to break your fall but you probably won't know so you'll probably break and get the hell away anyway Guys I any? mean, I
2: just, I just, <laughs> going back to the Star Valley thing again, it's like, I just want it <laughs> oh, on the Switch. Wow. Whoa. I just want it on the Switch. Like, Oh yeah, that too. Every game seems uh, almost more appealing if it's on the Switch.
1: Can Hollow Knight be released now?
2: Oh, we how, we said this every podcast. <laughs> Can, Can team Cherry, please, s- if you're listening, just uh, hurry up. Hurry the hell up. I want to
1: play it again. Please, I need something to play while I'm on the toilet, and your game, I want to take it there.
0: I want I oh, to. Oh, <laughs> <wanna God>. ta- <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh god!
2: I thought you were afraid of like poop particles on your Wii U, though.
1: No, no, that's George. George is afraid of. I poop am
0: gonna articles. like call my mom and apologize <laughs> for for <laughs> for ending up like this. as her son? <laughs> You gonna call my mom and apologize for me? Because
1: I'm pretty sure I'm just I made call her everyone's mad mom tonight. and,
0: and, and <laughs> apologize on behalf of everyone.
1: When you have that life conversation with your mom and she doesn't agree with it, she's like, "Oh, like, oh, you're not you're not proud of me anymore,
0: Mama." <laughs> Wait, don't get quiet. I'm just kidding. Wait. I'm I know my mom is okay. Wait, that that was the end of that. That was the end of that sentence. Uh so we're going to get into the audience questions. Now that we've like shoved away oh, um man. um allegations of Jesus. of employee misconduct, uh, uh Dark Souls getting re-released on the Switch, um imagery of of George buffing up for a year and showing up with like the flimsy string of a fan service costume next year. Let's get into some questions. <clears throat> oh mysterious Ariola says with the recent loot box controversy going on and you guys living or visiting in japan recently why do you think japan reacts very differently to loot boxes and gacha mechanics than the rest of the world
2: because i live in a country that is full of pachinko people just surrounded by lux based games like yeah. literally if you don't know the most popular ga- three games in japan are mobile games pachinko games and ufo catches games that require skill I don't know uh, uh, luck sorry not skill games that don't require skill so I don't know whether it's like the Japanese have got no time to do anything so the element of getting a thrill through whether you might get luck based items or something like that I honestly cannot even answer that question it's just the way it is
0: I, I I have a theory and, and that is that in many, many respects, Japan is actually <laughs> more of a cyberpunk dystopia capitalist hell than the United States. And um, that partially comes from a lot of the work culture. They, they, like most other industrialized countries in the world, have much better government programs and a higher tolerance for, for high taxes than people in the States do. However, they also have much... A much higher tolerance for much more oppressive employee practices than people in the States do. They spend a ton of time outside of their houses at work, and a lot of their money gets spent on that walk to and from work. So a lot of businesses have set up ways to um, normalize and reify IRL microtransactions, buying some like good or service or trinket on the walk home, which is the gotcha machine, Uh, translating a version of that over to your cell phone that you click around with on your ride home I think, has created a market of people who are much more tolerant of those practices than people in the U.S. are. And actually, we're really just talking about gamers in the U.S. compared to normal people in Japan. Because normal people in the U.S. don't get riled up about this stuff either. And I actually, Liam, would have a better idea. I have no idea if the, like, hardcore nerd weirdos of Japan get as angry about this stuff as Americans do. I believe they don't. I think that was a point I brought up in, uh... My pachinko machine was that there are a lot of Japanese gamers who are mad about loot boxes and gacha mechanics, but they still are not as loud of a voice as Western gamers are.
2: No, there's definitely, like, anger at, like, when there's, like, a ridiculous loot box that is rigged, because there have been cases of big, popular Japanese mobile games where items have been rigged to only trigger after either, like, spending a certain amount of money or doing, like, a repetitive thing for an extremely long time, or... Um, there have been some that have been locked behind like multiplayer play, which can be like super difficult to get. Um, but I don't know if they're angry it, like Western people are in the terms of like demanding money back or demanding practices changed because Japan is just the way it is. Isn't the economy yeah.
1: better over there too? Like it's got to uh, be so many jobs, right?
0: It's not projected to be in ten years when the Ooh. old people die. Oh. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah.
1: they'll become like the US then.
0: Uh so well yeah, and I, I also think there's um keeping in mind that these are like mechanics that are called gacha mechanics in Japan. Like Japan is a country that's that has not demonized I, I think culturally, least, I, I don't think they demonize spending a little bit of money on a useless piece of trash in the same way that a lot of Western cultures do. Yeah. Like uh, the the gotcha machines and and the UFO catchers and like the arcades are almost set up as this very same concept. Like it's it's an IRL microtransaction, which is a way of describing like basically any low value goods or services in in any economy. But I think that um, in Japan, they have a lot of businesses that are specifically set up for this specific kind of transaction over a period of decades. And that kind of uh, historical cultural history with those kinds of businesses makes them less controversial when you see those businesses on uh, cell phones and whatnot.
1: I don't know if it's (sighs) the same in Japan, but like people's perspective over here changes when you have money. You can see that like uh, at my job, you can tell someone who really just doesn't have a value for their money and someone who's just like, okay, I worked for the last six months to save up, you know a couple thousand dollars to build this pc i'm gonna make sure every dollar counts
0: those couple thousand dollars like a whether how someone throws around a couple thousand dollars is I think the line where like, like having to worry about your money turns into not having to worry about your money. When I first bought a console and didn't care that much, I noticed like something fundamental had been changed. Like console purchases used to be a major, extremely important decision. And, and now they're just like, I, 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 I remember when I bought the Wii U for $400 when when I was subsisting off of ad revenue, I was like, okay, this has to be the one console I buy in a four-year window. And uh, now I, I bought the Switch kind of like as a casual Christmas gift to myself, and I noticed I didn't really care that much about whether or not the purchase lasts me, whereas with the Wii U, I felt legitimately stung that my $400 ended up petering out after a year. Yeah,
1: I had a spreadsheet when I was buying a car. It's like, oh. Good, good. <laughs> I was like, gas that means on you're a smart. hybrid. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Spend a little at, bit at more what now. Point... When gas is cheap, the hybrids are are less expensive right now.
0: Like, <laughs> I just went, have. Yeah, yeah. Like, like at what point does it pay for itself? Right. How How much driving around for no reason do I got to do before I start saving money? Exactly. Well,
2: it's kind. Of, it's kind of weird you say that because I've kind of had like a weird, funky thing with my ps4 recently where for maybe almost two years now my playstation 4 takes two times to boot so the first time it boots and then it'll restart itself and then it'll go to a error report and then you just click like don't report this and then it'll boot up normally and it's been doing that for two years
0: do you have it hooked up to a capture card no i've noticed that gives me some problems
2: So I've tried to go through it and I've like, you know, plugging it straight into the wall directly, not through like an outlet and all these kind of things, but nothing changes. So sometimes it, it takes ages to boot up and pretty much every time it won't boot first time at all. And if it does, I have to like scroll through the menu for five minutes, then go to the PlayStation store. Then I can boot a game without it crashing. So it's definitely like on its last legs, but recently it's gone like one step further. And now when it boots the first time, it'll pretty much just say, no PlayStation OS registered. Please insert USB. And then I'll just press so cancel and then reboot it and it will work.
0: It thinks so you're I'm pirating thinking,
2: the PS4 operating system? No, it's just every time it boots, it just, it just doesn't register. It, do- it just goes whatever to the PlayStation's BIOS and just doesn't register that there's the PlayStation OS there. The first time, but the second time it does. Every time, it basically goes to the error report and then goes back in. So it takes like three boots now to turn my PlayStation Four on. So I'm pretty much expecting that now there will come a day, hopefully after I've spent a long time playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z, where my PlayStation just won't work, and I can't really afford to just buy a replacement. So I'm thinking, almost like if it does break. With the Switch being out, and that being the console I've pretty much predominantly played completely through 2017, what is there that I would buy a PlayStation 4 again for?
0: Gotta have a Bloodborne machine.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I can play Dark Souls on the Switch.
0: (laughs) I, I, I get your point. It's kind of a creepy thought, actually, because I've been quite happy with my PS4, but I am noticing it becoming obsoleted by other stuff uh, fairly quickly within the past year.
2: Like, I really hope my PlayStation 4 doesn't break before Dragon Ball Fighter Z comes out, because that would just, like, I would cry. But in terms of that, I think Monster Hunter is pretty, pretty, like, the the thing I'm looking forward to, but that'll come out on PC later in 2018. So I'm kind of just like, for the first time ever, I'm like, no! Huh. <sighs> it'll be okay actually if it does break i'm just like well i'll just carry on playing the switch like i did last year my playstation barely turned on last year
1: yeah um when when the guy went into my house and took my ps4 and, <laughs> and robbed me uh last last year i i just never bought it back because all i had i thought
2: my story was sad <laughs> <laughs>
1: when the guy Forcibly stuck his foot inside of my doorknob. Um, no, he. Um, that's that's
0: one way to get rid of
1: it. <laughs> like I, I just never thought of just getting getting another one because I was like, how many games do I want to play? I do want to play The Last Guardian, but final, and I do want to play Final Fantasy, but it's coming out for the PC, and I really want to play it on PC. It's like I think uh, Persona
2: Five was the thing last year. That oh I yes, held out. My PlayStation. This is the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. People who are listening, like, frothing at the mouth right now. The PlayStation Four is a fucking amazing console. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Garbage. It's garbage. It's, 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 it. I mean, it's fantastic. fantastic. It's, it's, it's a great console. But I just haven't needed to use it. Like, the, whatever else is on there that I want to play is kind of also on PC. Apart from like Persona Five, um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, I.L. Stern asks something for Liam. He says, I have a question for Liam following the Dragon Ball Super Talk. I'm wondering if you ever watched Team Four Star Phenomenal DBZ Abridged Series, and what are your thoughts on it, if you have?
2: Uh, I haven't really. I've caught a few episodes in the past, and I have enjoyed them, but I've never made an effort to go back and watch all of them. What I have seen of them so far is they're pretty highly produced. I think they take, like, six months to make a single episode or something like that. Ridiculous. Holy cow. Like, the release schedule for those episodes is far between. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't ever gone back and watched them chronologically. I just catch them now and again if a friend is watching them or someone shows, like, a funny section to me. There's, like, one section where Nappa's on holiday and he calls Vegeta. I think that was pretty funny. Um, but no, I have not really got into them Um, but I should try
0: Uh, Nicholas from Brazil asks, since you made a CCU of MGS4 recently, that reminded me of how much I love this game, to the point of making me buy it before I ever had a PS3 but years after, I've come to realize how stupid uh, and much up its own ass the story and Kojima have become after MGS3 my question is, which games have you guys loved so much back in the day that upon closer inspection you ended up turning out to dislike it sometime later.
3: Ooh.
1: I definitely have oh. some. I,
0: I know my answer.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead yeah.
0: Grand Theft Auto 4.
2: Ooh. Really?
0: Yeah, I fell in love with that game and then I replayed through it again and I just kept like stopping for a second to be like, this is fucking horrible. Like like how there will be common enemy bad guys who won't die in the middle of gameplay. With, like, no story cues telling you how the rules are being broken for the sake of the story so that the rules can be broken for the sake of the story all the freaking time. The character is just not pleasant to control. Okay, fine. The One particular instance of that I was thinking was during a motorcycle chase where you can, upon playing the PC version, you can just point and click on the driver to, like, kill them out of their car. But, like, a lot of car chases in GTA, you just kind of have to follow them and and not have fun on your way to the next objective and uh there's there's very little mechanics in place for quickly retrying long-ass missions that can take something like five minutes of setup to to get ready and get going again after you make your one mistake and lose all your progress and also controlling the character just feels bad the euphoria engine they set up in that game has has your controls take like half a second to a full second to respond a lot depending on what weird plot of ground Nico is standing in like the the responsiveness and intuitiveness of your character's own animations would change depending on the luck of the draw of where you happen to be standing and that's not fun I I remember people being hyped out the w- wazoo for that game though and it it was like the poster boy example of this tech demo tech fetishist rat race of a review system in place that overhypes bad games during their first two week honeymoon period when everyone's rushing through it and just like 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 uh, dropping their jaws at the technology instead of uh actually playing it for longer sessions and being like wait a second there's a lot in here that seems rushed out at the last minute
1: For for me, I feel like there's a difference between games that don't hold up nowadays and games that are just just bad. Um, for me, I would say back on a Dreamcast days, probably Sonic Adventure series. <laughs> yeah, that's another hell. classic <laughs> example. Yeah, I played the Ooh. hell out of those games. I 100% uh, Sonic Adventure Two, like Child Garden, everything, like everything. Um, I enjoyed that game. Um, I think I still kind of do, um, but I probably wouldn't want to do the um, any uh, search for chaos emeralds other than Pumpkin Hill because of the song. Um, because I hated those sections.
0: I hate the them noise now, anyway. of your pumpkin meter; like drowns
1: out the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, like the chaos emerald will be like so hard to find. It'll be the last one in a time limit. It's going down, and it's like in some far like um, I, I forgot it was. It was it, you had to like uh, use knuckles to fly to some far off part of the of the uh, stage to find mm-hmm. it. It was so weird. I, it pissed me off. Um, once we found that, oh, it yeah. became easier on that stage. But man, we spent hours on it. And we would give up, come back. Aren't they also super randomized? Yeah, they are. Every time. Every time you restart, so, it switches. So you can't even, like, learn how to get good at it. Yeah. Um, Sacred 2, I played the hell out of that game on Xbox 360. Um, I think that game was fun back then because you could break the game. Uh, they had these characters called the Dryads, and bas- it was the best mechanic. The poison, you could level up your character by using the poison and spreading it across this desert section. If you poison one enemy, it spreads to another enemy and spreads to another enemy, and it will. The whole level is loaded, so it would spread across the whole stage. And you, every time they will die, you will level up. So you will gain just tons of levels. It was the most satisfying thing ever. Uh, but that game in itself is kind of uh, it's kind of bad. It's kind of, it's kind, it's kind of bad. If I, I'm pretty sure I. Um, yeah. If I were to give it a try right now, I gave it a try like a couple of years ago um, and didn't, didn't like it.
0: it. It seems that if you want to make a bunch of money for like a year and then be forgotten, uh, we, we keep talking about games that either uh, are like the first time we found out about a effective Skinner box kind of mechanical system, or it's a game that was an effective tech demo for new graphics technology at the time.
2: Yeah, like a like a launch title or something. Like launch mm-hmm. titles tend to be if you go back a bit, they're pretty bad compared to like what comes later which occasionally
0: you have a halo occasionally you had a mario it used to be that there would at least be one of those in the pile of launch title crap nowadays you're extremely lucky to have one good launch title and it probably was not planned as a launch title like i'm talking about breath of the wild
1: yeah bloodborne was terrible yeah
0: oh that wasn't a launch title melee even wasn't a launch title um jose jose p says i'm taking my george socks to japan this spring so would you guys talk about the best recommendations for tokyo george and matt japan's videos are my travel guides now but i would like more detail uh climb mount fuji if you can don't wear your george socks for that one though they'll get (laughs) they'll probably have a hole um yeah climb mount fuji i had a blast climbing mount fuji i i really enjoyed how much of a irl uh, uh, Bethesda game adventure it felt like me and my friend organized our inventory uh, uh, set a pack up for, for a hike for 16 hours of a day and a half of just walking uphill dodging falling rocks on the way and, and then you like stay the night in a cabin and, and have adventurers stew and then you wake up the next morning and see the sunrise over the clouds from like 1600 feet up it's great um
1: I always recommend Golden Guy out, and there 's not many tourists around, but I would stay away from like the tourist traps uh definitely um
0: maybe get outside
1: uh, Ooh. Tokyo yeah. a little bit uh
0: it's easy it's cheap. they got trains that go out far from yeah. Tokyo that go all day like I went biking in the mountains an hour train ride out of two hours of a train ride out of Tokyo, and it was like I think an eighteen dollar train ticket. Riding the bike, I think, was $40, and the food was, like, $6. It was negligible. But, yeah, for, like, $50, 60 you can have an amazing day trip outside of the city. Yeah.
3: Not
1: not to say don't visit the city. Yeah, definitely visit the city, but don't spend yeah. all your If it's your, your first time.
2: time to Tokyo, yeah. definitely, you know, do the, do the things the arcades. that you've heard about. Like, Woo! go to Akihabara. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. to the game It's sensors, all good. Do that stuff. But definitely... I think my perspective of coming at it is that I have all the time in the world to explore things if I miss it, because I live here, so I think it's better to take the advice of these two. Oh. Um, You got to plan it out. If you're here for a short time, yeah, you need to plan it out.
0: If you have any friends, if you know anyone in your life who speaks Japanese, see if you can arrange the trip alongside them, because having a Japanese-speaking friend alongside of you changes Everything. Everything everything, everything. It, it it gets you into the places that aren't the tourist traps like you don't want to go to the tourist traps but they are you're gonna have a hard time with the language barrier when you start even at the tourist traps now but um i spent a
1: lot of time by myself um when i was in in japan with with without patrick um mm-hmm. it's okay not to have a japanese person with you uh so i mean not japanese someone who speaks japanese um So you can still get around just fine. Some people you can as long as you have patience because they have patience for you because you're in there. You're in their safe space. Okay, so um, they will work with you. From from my experience, they're quite nice. So um, my experience only (laughs) because I've and that's all i've i've heard is like oh no they're they're evil they're evil yeah, yeah. but yeah
0: so so long as you be nice yeah, they're going to be real freaking nice probably uh, i you know in my experience
1: so as long as you're in, you you have patience and everything you, you just kind of describe it to them uh whatever you need and they'll help you out especially the train guys uh those guys will will help you out uh where you're going just you know some random people will be like oh yeah yeah uh Take this and that. Some of the younger people, or they know uh, a bit of English, so they'll be able to help you as well. So uh, enjoy
2: yourself. And before you go, if you are wanting to go to Japan, definitely check out Matt's Japan videos. Because even I watched them, and they were helpful to me to explore some parts of Tokyo I've not seen. So definitely do that before you go to Japan. Yeah, Matt did a, Matt did a super good job. Oh, thank of, you. Of uh, giving a good breakdown.
0: I'm my videos see. are are more focused for the like nerdy artsy bleh, nerdy arcadey culture but tbh yeah. i did have more fun going on outdoorsy manly exercise adventures mm-hmm. like the mount the fuji most, and that's
2: one of the most beautiful countries in the entire world like the amazing hiking
0: incredible. amazing biking
2: you won't see, that you
0: won't see that I, Tokyo. i'm i'm sure there's oh amazing skiing in hokkaido if you're into that uh so next question uh nathan m has a question number one what advice do you guys have for a high schooler about ready to graduate this year Mm. oh this can be in general but i also would like to enter into the game industry so advice specific to that like good traits good things to do in my free time during college would be awesome um thanks for the question nathan m if you're in high school and you want to be getting into games I would be looking not necessarily at game design programs, but rather computer science and engineering programs in your area. If you can figure out an affordable one, make it work, I would very, very highly recommend that. Because even if the game development job doesn't work out, and it oftentimes doesn't, and even when it does, it oftentimes becomes more of a passion thing for people when they're still young and can tolerate to be poor. Uh, expect all of that to happen to you. So try to get a more generalized degree that'll still give you the skills on how to program things good because that is what will make you really stand out in the field. Um, art is important. I believe in your email you also clarified that you were looking at, at art as well, which is what a lot of people end up getting hung up on. It's a lot better out there for artists nowadays than it was before, but it's still not the preferred way to get into the industry. Um, you're going to be... Play around.
2: Play around. Yes, like, make stuff out also. Find what you like. But... Um, Download Game Maker or Unity and try a few tutorials, and then put your artwork. Even if it's crappy, just make characters and stuff, and make them do stuff. Experiment, and you'll learn, and you'll get better. And then people will see that you're only like 17 or 18, and they'll be like, "Holy shit, this guy made this. That's really cool." And then you can have like internships, or you can get like entry-level jobs as like QA or something like that, and then you can go on from there. Just you gotta have. If you're passionate about doing it, then you won't mind doing it in your free time. And when you're experimenting in your free time and you're learning as you're going, you're just doing, like, you're building up the resume. You're just building on top of it. You're never doing a bad thing if you're doing that. So
0: Also, you asked good things to do in my free time during college. You will have lots of free time during college unless you're a super turbo dork overachiever. What you should do is make a game. Just make a cheap little indie game by yourself. Start out with the basic tutorial asteroids clones that the tutorials set you up for. Don't work on your magnum opus during your free time during college. Wait until you're like three or four games in before you start that one. But on the way there, you'll find out what you're good at. You'll find out what you do and you don't like. It'll maybe help specialize your degree choice further. But, I, uh, yeah, like, like Liam was saying, I think it's extremely important to play around and not only find out what you like and what you want to do with your life, but also learn about your own limitations and what skills you might not be set for, which is what the, like, art and programming divide keeps happening over don't, nowadays.
2: Don't get
0: oh. disheartened
2: either. Don't get disheartened by, you know, something not going right. Like... If your game's not perfect, no game is perfect. But if you have like a really sweet mechanic in there, and everything else falls apart, everyone will still focus on that mechanic being good, and that's what. Owlboy had for.
0: really good pixel art. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, and it's, it's honestly, sold a just, lot of money. If you're passionate about like working specifically in like game development or something like that, you don't need to like focus intently on like one thing. You just experiment with it, find what you enjoy. Um, you know, we, we live in a cool era where people can download game engines for free. Whereas 10 years ago, they cost thousands of dollars. Yes, to yes, download. yes. So 10 years
0: ago, it, it used... It used to be the case that people would try to get into game development and be like, oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun up until I had to start coding stuff. Nowadays, you have Unity and UE4 doing a lot of that trial and error for you, which is why I wanted to mention that getting into the industry as an artist is much more viable than before. Because a lot of successful indie developers have um, no education, background or certifications in programming and engineering, just art. So if you can, like... Execute on a cool art style, like that is actually still enough nowadays to, since, to succeed. I think
2: Since we since we started Dad and Sons, I've had maybe twelve Twitter DMs asking me this very specific question. Like, how do I get into game development? And what should I be doing? And I mean I'm not the best source to ask, but right. there are things you can be doing, and this is the kind of stuff that you should be doing. Like download a game engine, like Unity or GameMaker. Try tutorials. To begin with, it's gonna be super complicated and you're not gonna understand, but you'll you'll get better and you'll realize the limitations of what you can do and do stuff like uh game jams, work in teams, work with other people, work with artists, work with musicians, you know, experiment. Just build up your portfolio and always be learning. It's so much fun to make games and it's so rewarding. And it's hard work, but it's super rewarding. And if that's what you want to do, this is what you can do.
0: As more generalized advice, I would also suggest that you not try your hardest to cur- to orient your career towards towards the corporate culture rat race. I think I, I'm, I don't think that whole machine is going to die during our lifetimes, but I'm pretty sure it's like kind of on its way out. Economic trends over the past decade have have steered towards entrepreneurship people starting up their own studio after getting burnt out at larger companies it's still really good to work at larger companies and get experience knowing how a mass-produced boring product is made so that you can bring that workflow and that knowledge and that expertise over to your side of the fence and use it to make good passion projects instead um
2: I mean, the dream is that everyone can work on their own games and make a load of money, but that's not going to happen. So,
0: you know, you
2: have to, if you want to make games and you want to be passionate about it, then you have to get yourself into a role where you have some sort of control in a team of what you're doing and, you know, back and forth and that kind of thing. But that comes with being experienced and building yourself up and always be, like, learning or paying attention. If you have, if you go to, like, game jams and you see people who've made tons of games like ask them like how they do certain things or don't be afraid to ask questions just experiment and and, and do stuff don't be afraid to do it. and
1: uh you're in high school now and uh, you're going to I say kiss uh mama and papa goodbye cuz uh you're you're leaving your sweet sweet uh safe zone goodbye um re- real life starts now uh
0: good luck <laughs> good luck If if you can make it out (laughs) of of college in uh, in,
2: like naked people's apartments, like Matt,
0: if if you know how to draw or or model the art in games, if you know how to build the levels in games, you're you're probably gonna be good to save up some money and start hiring people to help you out on small cheap projects that might not go anywhere. If you, however, know the business and programming behind games. By the time you're out of college, like all of a sudden you can be an entrepreneur. Like you can make your own wealth if 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 you had the skills to make a good game by all by yourself. I mean, that's the kind of economic security that I want to encourage. Like like being yeah. able to know how to make the good product all alone. If all else comes to shit, is a pretty a pretty good economic recovery plan.
2: And specifically in terms of like game development, I mean, we are keep harping on about game development when you're just leaving college. You know, we are probably the th- not the best qualified to be giving advice about this, but there are like there are plenty of elements out there that will inspire you. Like uh, Steve Gainer, who did Gone Home and Tacoma. He runs a podcast called Tone Control, where he talks with game developers about how they got into the industry, what they did, and that kind of thing. That's really interesting and really inspiring. Also. When people like Shigeru Miyamoto say they hire people based on like a broad range of things, not specifically gamers, don't pigeonhole yourself into just being the dude yeah. who can recount every Dark Souls weapon or the the, 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 girl the jack of all who, trades who knows every Final Fantasy character, like. You want to be looking at all sorts of creative media. What inspires you about the real world to put into games and experiment and that kind of thing? Like this, you you want to be like a you want to be looking at multiple facets of media. Being you know, a jack
0: of all things. trades is not just useful for the entrepreneur side of the thing, but that's also what companies look to hire for as well. Like like people who who know how to do everything at least a little bit good. Um. Wow uh, Question 2 Do you guys recommend any books slash subject areas I should look into? I've decided to wait until college to get my hands on development experience Mostly because I've been busy with schoolwork and college applications So as an alternative I've been trying to read as many books on design and color theory Drawings and art as I can in my free time I thought it would at least be smart to get an understanding of the fundamentals If I couldn't find the time to try and make games Um. Yeah If you give me a moment I can actually go through my old bunny hop books That I was reading during the year before starting the channel let's see um, in the meantime do you guys have any any advice um, any books you remember buying
2: The Art of Game Design by uh, Jess Shell is a very good book um, sort of it asks you questions about how to build sort of games and stuff like that and um, that's very helpful there are loads of books out there um, I
0: would recommend Unit um, how to Do Things with Video Games by Ian Bogost.
2: Yes, that's a that's a good book too.
0: I- Ian Bogost is an author whose who's, who's, who's uvra includes a lot of uh, wordy theory on, on how mechanics can work and become fun. Unit Operations. This is the real, the real dense, thick, fundamental one. A book called Unit Operations... By, by Ian Bogost.
2: There's so um, many materials out there. Just Google like game design. You'll find like a top ten list of books. Just, <laughs> just look for that.
0: Rules of Play, Game Design Fundamentals by Kaylee Salem. This one was really useful when I was writing my earlier critical close-ups. Uh, so yeah, there's. there's like at least three or four good recommendations in that pile
2: oh game feel game feels a really important book by um i think his name's steve schwink or something like that but game feel um barry from the game grumps constantly references game feel in his uh, like i can't remember what the new series is called uh, his new video series which is a really good breakdown critically of a lot of games and he talks about game feel a lot so that's a really good book too
0: Uh, let's see. Next question. Selina M says, for Liam, my dad, brother and I are visiting in Japan this fall. Oh, here we go. My dad enjoys dancing and robotics. My brother enjoys historical places. I love nerdy stuff and filmmaking. What sorts of places do you recommend we visit?
2: Um, well, if you like dancing and robots, I guess the Robot Cafe in Shinjuku is... I must then, I guess. It's a very famous restaurant. Google I've it. I've heard find it, it can be a
0: tourist there. trap, I, I yeah. guess. It, it depends on your tolerance for Kish.
2: What I really like about that place is it's dead in the center of like Yakuza Central in Kamukicho. Oh, yeah, in, um, I had a lot of fun Chichoku. walking around there.
0: Um, if, if you played Yakuza but 1. Everyone
2: goes there. Everyone goes there. So that's one. If you like museums, if you're going to Tokyo, you can go to the the Japanese History Museum in Oeno Park. And there's a zoo nearby that's really beautiful. And it has three giant buildings that all have different exhibitions. Um, That's a really good museum. Um, There is so much to do in a city like Tokyo. It's so big. Um, There you go. That's a start. As I said, watch Matt's videos. You'll find out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh there's someone with the pseudonym of The Ink Blot. A, a hot tip anonymous um, um, tipster asks, George... Can you explain why you like the story of Dark Souls 2? I hated it, but I've heard this a lot. When I hear the explanation though, it tends to sound like it's a game about not knowing what's going on and it delivers on this theme by not letting you know that's going on. That's a weird argument that I don't believe I've heard from a lot of the the message board shit-slinging people do over this game because uh, if anything I've uh, within like my social network have more heard people say that they actually will concede that Dark Souls 2 at least figures out how to tell the story better if not the story itself being better. I don't know if the story itself is better than Dark Souls One. The uh the, <laughs> the, the the idea of of a burning man sustaining himself so that the world can at least like have light for a century while while his one and only son ends up becoming his own. That's like as it's, it's got cool character irony and stuff. In Dark Souls Two, you have an an old king who got beaten by by a foreign army of giants, if I believe correctly how the story goes. And and he's been zomified and turned crazy so that some hero can, like, come relive his flashbacks and I, I, I don't exactly remember how to synopsisize the end of the game where the throne of wanting occurs, but I think the idea was that everyone was like wanting to stick so hard to the past that, that it ends up like fucking over whatever post-apocalyptic disaster magic happened in that game. Um, and by playing <laughs> flashbacks, I, I think <clears throat> playable flashbacks are something that I, I think is a neat, if not Kind of stilted and and arbitrary, and and also like legitimately challenging. If there's um, important items or or resources that can only be gathered in flashbacks, you can't return to. But I think that's a neat interactive way of telling a story that the first game skimped out on. In Dark Souls Two, you can actually find this this old king character, and King Vindrick, I believe, was his name. Whereas in in Dark Souls One, uh, the big Gwyn was 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 it was Gwyn the big king in that game?
2: Yeah, in in number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he
0: rushes you and attacks you. In Dark Souls two, you can actually interact with him in a way that's beyond the usual video game defend yourself in a fight to the death. That that I think adds layers of readability to the plot that I was able to figure out. I mean, I'm not gonna say Dark Souls two is a straight better game. But I think by that point, even though they were clearly rebuilding the thing and having to scrap it back together halfway through development, they were still figuring out ways to improve the storytelling from Dark Souls 1 on a nice, smooth trajectory that led to those techniques being refined in Bloodborne all to hell. And then by Dark Souls 3, there just seemed like there was too much sequel baggage to elegantly wrap it all together in a way as good as Bloodborne did. But I definitely see Dark Souls 2 as, as a step in that right direction. Uh... Strom asks, "How can a game like Star Citizen, that has been in development for seven years and still hasn't come out, have transactions that range from a hundred to fifteen thousand dollars, and no one seems to care? But companies like EA have loot boxes and get crucified for it. The new transactions for Star Citizen let you buy a plot of land for a hundred dollars. That seems weird. Is it just because Star Citizen is such a huge project that people give it a pass?" I, I haven't played you know, SE yet, but I want to wait for I, the finished game. But at this point, it seems like a money-making scam that's never going to be finished.
2: It's a money-making scheme because they can't finish the game because they have no budget. So they have to make money somewhere. And no one cares about that game because no it, no one's ever going to play the final build. It's a it, it's, s- specialized
0: it's, fan project. you,
2: you got to
1: understand, like, Star Citizen, it's a different audience
0: for that. It's an old crowd. Yeah. Like,
1: a bunch of, like older guys who enjoy the space sim you know they they toss their money in there because you know whatever you know and they're they, it's rich not the fans young too. who are like yeah
0: Un- unlike Star Wars kids who just opened up Battlefront 2 for Christmas yeah you know like like these are people who have VR joystick joystick headset rig set up just specifically for this game the the simulator market is a they're like the golf of the video game world you can get away with charging them more and playing less commercials for snootier projects that are prohibitively expensive for the rest of us yeah
1: you they they don't need a reminder that star citizen exists they're already talking about it like i get those guys in the store
0: they've already bought it they've
2: already bought the land Yeah. yeah What they need at this
0: point is, like you were saying, a reminder that right now, it's kind of a money-making scam that doesn't look like it's going to be finished anytime soon. And I have a feeling that a lot of uh, feature bloat hit that project hard. It was already a very ambitious game at pitch, and it has become a very complicated, like unknowable mess of a like lifestyle subscriber website now and
1: and, and the thing is what people forget very is easily star citizen. It, it's the it's like the new thing every week to get mad at you know and that star citizen has like fell back and you know into like the background and and when people do care they get banned off the forums. like everyone gets banned if, if you say anything bad ban. you know like that's what's been happening but no one really cares it's star citizen oh wow yeah the game looks great but, yeah, but I, I don't spend money I mean, on it I mean
0: so I I think they have the budget I just don't know if they have the talent or like management to make it happen
2: they, I mean they, they like running out of money constantly they have to find new investors how every time. they had like 9 million dollars a few years ago they had 150 million Wow. Yeah, that's how much they've spent on that game
3: yeah who they, are they, they paying?
2: They have to keep finding. Well, they have fucking Mark Hamill as the main character, not the main character, like one of the main characters.
0: Oh, ah,
2: they're, that doing could have lo- slashed. they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot of stuff. That, you know, as you said, feature blow. But as Matt said, it's like it's a completely different audience. Battlefront has millions of players, whereas Star Citizen has you know a couple of hundred thousand who are in maybe the sort of alpha beta stages with mm-hmm. it right now. That's
1: the Eve online probably
2: line. why. Yeah. You don't see a bunch yeah. of young cats
1: playing that or dropping down a uh two hundred dollars to like I don't know, a thousand dollars on a ship? Like what no? They don't I, do I that. think
0: that's ultimately the answer to the question is is that Star Citizen is a much more niche product for a more niche crowd they are not offending people on as large a scale as ea does so they get less controversy for it though they still get controversy and still offend people and i don't think you're wrong for thinking it's fishy
2: yeah it's a game surrounded in controversy already it's kind of just like adding to the pile at this moment in time
0: and in a market of successful crowdfunded games that have released on time ish to good reviews and good sales that's becoming less excusable like like a hat and time is fine shovel knight is absolutely fantastic a model example for how crowdfunding games should be done um i was just playing the i don't know if the sexy brutal had a crowdfunding campaign behind it but oh didn't cuphead actually cuphead was a kickstarter game right Um, I think in the
2: beginning, yeah.
0: Was there any crowdfunding used for Cuphead? Um, No, no, I don't think Cuphead had a crowdfunding starter. But I guess my point is, there have been enough good Kickstarter games that have have come out since the announcement. There have been,
2: have been some games that I have played, really enjoyed, and then researched and been like, this game was crowdfunded? I did not know that. Yeah. Like that has like happened Halo to Knight. me prior.
0: Yeah. I didn't know. Pillars of Eternity was like the turning point in me where I was like, Yeah, okay, this actually is a viable model. Let's do it. Wasn't, let's let's tear down the establishment.
2: Divinity, wasn't Divinity yes. original mm, Sin? Yeah, I think so. As yeah. well? That was like that was like the best PC game of last year. There are definitely there are definitely good crowdfunded games out there.
1: Um and these are one of the this is uh Star Citizen is one of those uh, crowdfunded games where you um, remember the list of stuff that they promised. And, and then so you remember long. them saying, wait a minute. No, um, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we didn't say that. It was an open you know, concept and it, we're changing it. Like, oh, it used to be like an open MMO that you're going to be able to play with, you know, a ton of people. Now it's like it's a server with just your friends. It's just like, wait a minute what's the point of star citizen what is the point of it like just scrap I, the I, idea you, there's no point of it if i'm just gonna be there with a couple of my friends that i have to
0: invite no i, I think it's very very important that crowdfunded games uh do not over promise a lot of cool features because <laughs> non-crowdfunded games like like studio approved publisher own studios even will still have huge budget and management problems with over-ambitious features that they just can't get to work right on their tech. And and Star Citizen has a long list of stuff that seems very, very challenging to pull off, like like the distances between stars and and the the planetary surfaces that you can fly your ship up to and 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 hover into a city, kind uh, kind of like above cloud level, in a whole different map from from whatever one they made for the space. The it, it seems like a very expensive simulationist project, and those are the riskiest investments in the old industry for reasons we're now seeing happening right now in this new format. Yeah.
1: Ah, my dreams of like being a space space commander and going to like a bar have a drink with a couple of like like i think
0: in vr destiny destiny was originally billed as a third person rpg with uh <laughs> with a name called dragon tavern <laughs> Wait, That that is just like completely different and and also i don't want to say more complicated than what they ended up pulling off but the reason it's not a third person game is because they simply didn't have animators on staff who knew how to how to work with the systems good to make good third-person animations, which is apparently a whole different specialization from first-person animation. And not hiring the guys for that can be enough to completely change the genre and style of, of a project into something else. And so over, over-promising when you don't have those connections and, and don't know good-ass programmers and good-ass engineers and good-ass project managers, too, who can hold things behind the, behind the scenes, which I guess would explain where all the money went. Like, there was no one there telling them to stop spending money. They they didn't hire someone with all their money to tell them to stop spending so much money. Yeah. No. Mark Hamill Anyways. was a Star
1: Wars movie. I He's taking half the
0: budget. He's I bet Mark Hamill's a big chunk of that. Yeah. God, and you don't need Mark Hamill for star it'll be great sure but that's it it's the kind of cameo that's only cool when you see it on like the front of the box because mark hamill as a voice actor like he can do a lot which means he's a good voice actor but that also unfortunately and ironically means he's a replaceable voice actor
2: but he no 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 no, because he's doing he's doing like the performance capture as well
0: oh so that'll totally make the difference like he took the mark hamill Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was not the Joker in Arkham City. Maybe to save that game's budget. But no, I it was, don't um, think. What? Arkham Origins? Arkham Origins. They changed the voice actor for one of those. And the Troy point was B- no yeah. one noticed. Troy. Yeah, it was Troy yeah. Baker. So yeah. it was like someone who's prolific and cheap and can sound like Mark Hamill if they need to. <laughs> hire, hire Troy Baker instead. He's like in everything. Like he's he's that guy now. No. or he was that's, that's he what good that. voice actors are everywhere uh, but but good screen actors are a hell of a lot more money for oftentimes not better product Anyways, well, I was just uh, advising game developers to hire the same three people for their voice acting over and over. Actually, no, no, no. Chris Roberts, when you find out that Mark Hamill is too expensive to be able to, to ship Star Citizen on time with the cheap-ass budget CryEngine people you have to hire for with those savings, um, go to Newgrounds, go to Fiverr, hire a, hire a little guy for a big project. They fucking love it. Anyways... And they're good sometimes, anyways. Yeah. They are. Um, let's uh let's 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 wrap up. You guys uh, got anything got anything else you wanna throw on the pile before we like blast off and in, in, into the horizon. Hey man uh, Before we like hey, backflip out a window, land on a surfboard and go uh go riding through our normal lives oh. on a normal oh. Tuesday.
2: I do wanna I do wanna do a cheeky, cheeky plug.
0: A a, a cheeky sneaky.
2: A cheeky sneaky plug. Um, This week, if you like listening to my voice instead of these two, just me, (laughs) um, (laughs) you can listen to this week's final game episode because my guest for this week, the first episode of 2018, is uh, Bruce Straley, uh, the director of uh, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 4, and The Last of Us. Oh, you're Um,
0: kidding me. Those are all the good ones. Those are all the best ones.
2: Well, he's a good boy. He's a good wow. boy. No, um, it's well, a really good a episode. And um, we talk a lot about <laughs> him leaving Naughty Dog and the kind of video game experiences ooh, that ooh. he's had with the industry, what the industry's like to someone who's worked in it for, you know, nigh on 30 years yeah. or so. Yeah. Wow, um, wow. So, yeah, definitely check that out. You can, you know, do the usual thing. Search Vinyl Games on iTunes cool. or SoundCloud. i I it.
0: I wonder what his story is if he... um. Like, got burnt out from from the crunch in well, the hours like so to many others. listen
2: Games and you'll find out, George.
0: I can't wait to find out. <sighs> I, in the meantime... I just found out my
1: dick is not as big as Liam's. That's what I just found Whoa. out.
2: Whoa! <whistles> oh. yeah. Swing and a miss. <laughs> so, um... <laughs>
0: to to return us to a previous story from earlier i I, I guess I should uh remind everyone that that the that, that David Cage recently got in trouble for uh, lurid comments in 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 front of concerned parties so uh with that in mind with with, with the lines that we're skirting here um, um let's say let's say with 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 the bush that we are banging around here we um we we want to uh, Make sure to 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 touch very delicately these subjects, which are very sensitive to uh, the touch, if you will. Ah,
3: there so you
0: um, so so as 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 we tiptoe out out of the proverbial <laughs> podcast store here, I, I hope we were able to help. <laughs> please, please stay on the line. Please, please hold
1: <laughs> for a quick survey.